What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, me, hey, what year is this? Uh, 1994? Yeah, I was thinking 88, 89, you know, maybe 81. I saw Ricky Waters tweet out a link to some Mitchell and Ness throwback Ricky Waters jerseys today. He's trying to ride the wave of everyone being all in on the Niners? Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly the L.A. Coliseum's riding that wave. I don't know what their their beer sales had to be pretty good today, all the Niners fans down there. Who would you say is the most popular NFL team in the state of California? Well, I was thinking of watching the football game. You know, i kind of forgotten that it's the San Francisco 49ers. Would you say it's really even probably close? Well, when you think about it, you'd say, well, you know, the Raiders, have, their argument would be we're in two parts of the state. The Rams, you kind of, they've been, just been so hot so fast, and they used to be in the state. We're gone for, we're gone like, for a while. Gone for a while. I think more it's just they've been so hot so fast. They're like, God, they're L.A.'s team. Yeah. The Chargers are dominate San Diego where they don't live. Yeah, and their fans are still in a weird, like, in that position where they hate, love them still, right? Because they're all watching the game tonight. Like, we talked about the diehard guy who's pissed at him, but he's, he's like, sneaking into his man cave just to hate watch Rivers. He doesn't even hate Rivers. He wants to root for him, but he's just pissed at Dean, you know. It's, de- right. it's deep. It's they got a complicated relationship. But, you know, that, that was trying to think. I mean, it, I, I felt today, like, Remember Harbaugh's last year when it started, the Niners went and played that game in Dallas. That was that year, right, where it was, they went and played at the Cowboys? Oh, uh, 2014. Remember uh, Eric Reed had like a fumble return or a fumble six or something? That's right. But it felt very Niner dominant in the, in the place. But if you remember, the Cowboys had come off a couple rough years, right? That was like the first – they ended up making the playoffs that year. But they had been down. It, it had kind of been the rough patch of Romo's career where they were going like 8-8, eight and eight, not making the playoffs. And The irony of that game that the Niners had won, that they missed the playoffs and the Cowboys ended up making the playoffs. It wasn't yeah. that the Dez year that he dropped the 15 in, in Green Bay. 
because that was the year that the Packers lost to the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC Championship game and then Russ threw the ball to Malcolm Butler. Which, doesn't that feel like 15 years ago? I mean, it's not that long ago, guy. That was 2000, January 2015. I swear to God, guy, say, it that feels 17 years ago. It's funny because that, that Seahawks game, to me, feels more recent than that Niners-Cowboys. Like, the Niners-Cowboys game feels like a decade ago. That Super Bowl, I still... I, you know, I think of Daryl Bevel once a week, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... Would you say the most consistent replayed play in sports of misery of the last 10 years? Since the Red Sox won the World Series and we stopped seeing Buckner all the time? Yeah. I And I'd even then flip it. I, I felt like that. The Aaron Boone home run and then the following year with the Red Sox, like that got played. Those caught a couple years for like 10 strong years. You know? Right, right. I feel this Malcolm Butler would be one of the signature sports plays. What would you consider this? The 2010s? Is that that decade? Yeah, I David Tyree. At the beginning of the decade, yeah, had would a, be up there. Had a, had a run there. Yeah, he had a good... To, you're right. I, maybe Malcolm Butler supplanted David Tyree. Because there's not a, think, there's not yeah, a moment in the Niner Raven game, is there? There's not a moment in the... No, well, I mean, you know, no. If that one's... I mean, I would say the Niners-Seahawks throwing it to Crabtree and Richard Sherman getting in his face, but that's not on the level. Like, big NFL type, just everybody sees that image a million yeah, times. Yeah, it kind of gets... For, in the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, it kind of gets forgotten immediately, right? Because then the Seattle just went on to just become Super Bowl champs. You just talk about them like they're the Super Bowl champs. And the Niners got their shot too. Well, then know, think about like, think about the other Super Bowls also after Malcolm Butler. There's not really a defining play of the twenty eight three game, right? It's just a sequence of events, and then the Foles play. Yeah, Philly special. I feel like we talk about it a lot, and a lot of people use but, the play, but it's not. Yeah, but that one is more about the Eagles' success. Yeah, like we're celebrating a team, like and just yeah. The 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 Malcolm Butler play is more about the Seahawks failures. Yeah, and it's just an iconic play. Like to me, the Eagles right. really is like a symbolism of this underdog and this backup quarterback and a good guy that played a good role on a team that then finally got a shot. And you know, it was just you're right. It was about more stuff. Where the Falcons is more about just an epic meltdown. So just the score. It's just that's just about the score. Yeah. Like so ma- maybe it's just that way in a Super Bowl. You're either going to be defined by kind of the game or the champion or an individual play. And you'd say individual plays are very, very rare because they have to be so powerful that you'll never forget, right? Yeah, like... Like Elway's um, helicopter. Like Rams-Titans. Yeah, the Mike Jones tackle. But I do think iconic plays in football, like our guy Low Neal, they're just always remembered for that Music City miracle. Like if you just have an iconic play... Yeah, you, it could have happened in a wild card Yeah, round. you become kind of entrenched, right, in that franchise and in that town. And then if you're at the highest of level, which would be probably the Super Bowl, you, nationally you'll never forgotten. Even though Lo Neal's probably right on the fence of just, that's a pretty memorable all-time play. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah it's just so, What? when have you seen that? Play? Yeah, and it worked. I've seen a million interceptions on the goal line. Right? Yeah. It was I mean, Lo Neal, perfect pass, and the guy fucking ran for a touchdown on a kickoff. That's the other thing. It's you've seen a lot of like crazy things happen. On, like Rodgers, remember the year he had like two hail marys. He had one in the yeah. season, and then he had one in the playoffs. Wasn't one of them on Thanksgiving? 
Uh, to the Lions? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and then he had one in the playoffs, and he ended up losing that game. But the Music City Miracle, you just... Because usually that play is the complete opposite. It's the most forgettable play. You do like 17 passes, you know, and you're down five. And you <laughs> sometimes if you're betting on the game, you get like a fumble, goes to the other team, he runs it back for a touchdown, it changes the spread. We'll always have that. Because I also oh, yeah. remember... And hopefully soon a gold jacket, John. I also remember when uh, the Patriots went into San Diego when they, were, when they were the one seed and the Patriots were not the one seed. I think it was in 06 and they upset them, and those guys started doing, like, the Merriman dance on the 50-yard line. That was ugly. And I remember LT wasn't happy, remember? Called them cheaters yeah. or talked some mad shit yeah. after. <laughs> I'm pretty you sure he was low on that team, but he had to be. Uh, I saw the other day, remember we were talking about the Shannon Sharp and Christian McCaffrey video. I went looking for it, and uh, I didn't find the photo of them, but I found McCaffrey talking about Shannon Sharp. And they had this clip of Shannon. They were playing in New England. And Shannon gets on. It's like a NFL Films video. And Shannon gets on the red phone. And he's like yelling at the crowd. He's like, he's like, hello, Mr. President. <laughs> you got to send in the National Guard. We're killing them. Yeah. Yeah. And then he like yells at the crowd like, they're coming. They're sending help. That's, that to me is an iconic uh, Steve Sable, like NFL Films clip. You know, of just, yeah, isn't it, it's like a, we got a massacre going on or something. Send help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> By the way, Steelers Chargers has started, and uh, they just showed a Joey Bosa clip. And I, having not watched Joey much this year, I, I like Nick really is now the Bosa in our lives, yeah. right? Joey looks like he's six foot eight. When you're like, oh, there's a Bosa. He is so much taller than well, Nick. Nick's much more compact. Don't you feel? It's just they look so different yeah. when you. I mean, I'm not breaking news to anybody here that's listening, but it's just when I've been. I just spent five weeks watching Nick. The, the the eye test actually is much different than the measurables, which are pretty close. Like the measurables are not six six and six two. They're actually like I think a half an inch off. It's crazy it is because you when you just way. go how tall is Nick? I'd go like oh six two. Looks like he looks like I think he looks like Alden. Yeah, <laughs> Joey. Joey. Yeah, Joey. I'm with you. They do not look similar, even though body types, I think they are. Because I remember when Nick went to the combine, a lot of people were doing the side-by-side, and it was close. But they, to me, Nick could pass for, like, uh, remember, like, Freeney and Mathis were, like, six-foot pass rushers? That's how he kind of feels. Now, it might be because he's standing next to two guys that are six eight. Is that is that Could that be part of it? it could Those be, guys yeah. are fucking huge. Matt, and, and I'll, I'll give this. Text with someone with the Niners. I remember when they picked up the fifth-year option, I said, I don't agree with this. I think this is insane. And they go, and I was you know, listen, Kyle, they like him. They think he fits the scheme. And I was like, I don't see it. Haberman once famously said on the post-draft show, the pick was nuts. We all thought it. With Ricky Waters. Yeah, we all, the pick was crazy, didn't like it, and he underachieved. He is kicking ass this year. Like, you, you really feel him every game. Like, it's not just 90, it's 91. I, I, I came to the conclusion, before we dive into the ads guy, is he a franchise tag candidate? If they can afford well, it, you, you just keep him day. for the year. Right? So you just yeah, kind of rent him. Because you probably can't afford to pay him a full contract, right? Well, how would you be able to match what some teams are going to offer him, right? Like, why wouldn't the Raiders give him, you know, whatever? He was just going to have some huge offers. And he's going to deserve yeah. them. But why couldn't right. you just go... 
we could do two things. You could franchise and keep him, try to run it back, just have an elite defense, or do the franchise and trade, kind of like they did with D Ford or something. So you got options. That's what the Niners. I mean, we know Parag. He ain't just they ain't just letting the guy walk for a comp pick. They ain't the Ravens, right? And they like the guy. I mean, they legitimately like the player. Like they, if they could, if you told them right now you could afford to keep them all, they wouldn't even hesitate. They'd be like, hell yeah, we want to keep this guy. It's yeah. just a numbers game. Who would have thought they would? Like, we would have a legitimate conversation. Yeah, we'll franchise Armstead. It's not, it's not even it's a, the smart move. Why? Shit changes fast in sports, guy. It's a great reality it does. show. It does. Which is, I got someone tweeted me today. Who's, who would you take today, golfer Garoppolo? So let's dive into it. This podcast is brought to you by Ease, E-A-Z-E, dot com, com. The promo code, ladies and gentlemen, is HAM. That gets you $20 off your first delivery. If you've already used Ease, share it with your friends. We appreciate the share. See, someone tweeted at us that they uh, used Ease Wellness this weekend, saved themselves some money. Uh, just EaseWellness.com, CBD. You know, CBD is some Rich Sherman might need CBD on that on that shoulder or arm that he hurt. Ooh. Helps you look look painful. Uh, came, came back. back, yes. He's tough SOB. So you got CBD use, EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM, and then Ease.com for your pre-rolls, your vapes. You name it, they got it, ease.com, promo code HAM. And like you said, if you've already used the first-time promo code, tell your friends. We appreciate that. Anyone 21 over can get verified online in minutes, and then you just start searching on the ease.com, that is, and you get delivery within minutes, not hours, not days, friendly driver in minutes, and then the wellness.com that's shipped to your door two to three business days. Bang. Uh, podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag. Promo code there is... Ham and the numeral one. Ham and the numeral one to activate the offer, which uh, MyBookie doubles your first deposit if you want it. Uh, faster payouts, better lines than any other sports book. You know, guy, I was pretty hot yesterday. Texas, uh, Boise, Hawaii. Just gamble. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. We got uh, Monday Night Football tomorrow. We got a little Packers, Packers, Lions. You can still bet on some of these baseball games. Obviously, it's uh, that's a backwards pass. Uh, watching the Steeler game. If you have the Steelers right now, they just went up oh. 7 nothing. Again, mybookie.ag, easiest way to gamble. You can gamble on everything. Golf, basketball, NBA odds. I think the NBA game one is in like 10 days, like the legitimate start of the season. So you want to gamble on that, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one. Get your gamble on. Chargers are, uh, you know, it's this, it's this late Sunday night light. They think they're playing the late afternoon game right now, and they're ending. They're they're starting this game the way they usually end games. Do you know what I feel like I'm watching? Like a, a Sunday night baseball game at Dodger Stadium right now. The lighting, it, it's it's very kind of unnerving for a football game for me. I'm not. It's uncomfortable a little bit. I, it doesn't feel right, guy. Yeah, you're it right. It Does not feel right. That no. play symbolized a play that would have happened if there was a tie game, three minutes left. Rivers has the ball one time out, and that just happens. But then he's going to get the ball back, and if you'd be down a touchdown, it'll drive him right down the field, and it'll end with like a pick. But if you're a Charger fan, you're like, oh, we should, you know, if this goes right, we win the game. Right. <laughs> you know, How, They've been justifying for 10-plus years. If this just didn't happen, we win. <laughs> they would have been like the Patriots if it wouldn't have just been for the one play on the, the last drive of this uh, game 12 times a year. Now, they win some that way, too. Feels like they lose more than they win, though, doesn't it? I swear. I mean, we've talked about it. I've 
I've never no player in the history of the league has been on TV by himself ripping off his chin. Do you know what Belichick would probably tell like Dean Spanos and everyone? How about you guys just avoid always being tied in the fourth quarter? Just try to get a fucking lead, you know? And then and then maybe you don't always you think Dean's got the answers for you that. You don't always get the ball down four with one timeout and seventy five seconds left on the clock. You know, if you have a ten point lead, they're screwed. Wow. Why do they, they so they have banners up even for this game? Do they just always leave those banners up? That's a up? good question. I saw somebody tweet it's just a lot of Steelers fans. That's a good question. I don't know. It's a great question. All right, John. 49ers, they're for real. I mean, five and zero. just beat the Rams. Wait, they won today? With they won today. Not only did they win today, they controlled the game in the second half. They put the thing away. Uh I was kind of like, where's Schlereth going with this when he said, I'm going to start calling this the Anaconda offense. I'm like, all right, this sounds it's like they choke their opponents, the life out of them. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, there was when something Robert about Sala it. Robert I mean, Sala unzips, you're like, whoa there, Mark. Slow down, buddy. <laughs> I'm with you. I didn't know where he was. It made sense when he did it. Uh, but, I mean, this is, this is the first time I watched them kind of hugging it out the last few minutes on the sideline thinking, okay, A – can this team win the NFC? Is this team going to win the NFC West? Like, really thought like they felt like they can. And are we talking about? I mean, are we late to the party if we don't start talking about? Is this team the best team in the NFC? John, they're five and zero. Oh. Like everyone who hasn't been hyper analyzing everything the Niners have done for the last eight months that didn't suffer through last year, they're talking about them like they must be the best team. Like they might be the best team in the NFC. Well, I think about it like this. They're, when you talk about an elite team, they're usually complete, right? And that's the thing about the NFL right now. Beside the Patriots, which I think, getting calls from Washington here, I got no clue who's calling me. But you get call, you get, uh, sorry, it threw me off. Did I? Complete teams. Yeah. Patriots. Well, you, well, they're the, like. You want to answer that? You think? No. You're, 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 I, I uh, gotta, you know, John, I, I heard a couple, last week, my social security number is getting suspended, so. You know, you might want to check if that's happening to you, too. I just told this guy that I would do something, and he said 420 Pacific time. Okay. Or he said 820 Pacific time. I was thinking like five. That when you look at the NFL, beside the Patriots, in their team, they would nitpick. They'd be like, well, our passing offense and our rushing offense have been a little off, right? Their, their offense hasn't been great, but they have fucking Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels. They are the most complete coach team in the league. Then when you go to every other team, you go... Well, the Chiefs, I was texting Buddy Day in the league. I'm like, well, they can't stop anyone. They can't, they, they don't, they don't play the run very well because they're, li- and my buddy in the league was like, well, their linebackers stink. You can run it right down your throat. So if Mahomes isn't just locked in, they can score. I mean, I look up at the, the game, it's like 34 27, and you go, well, was that the final score? Or 31 24. Like they scored 24 points at home, but you're giving up 30 plus. Like that ain't ideal, right? That, that, that's a problem. So mm-hmm. I, I think, and then you look at all the teams in the NFC. Is it fair to say the most complete team right now is probably the Rams? Because you go, Drew Brees is better than Jimmy. Their defense has been dominant when Drew Brees is in there. The Saints. Pretty, or, yeah, the Saints, excuse me. The Saints. So their defense, they're probably right there with the Niners as a super complete team. And then you probably have to put the Packers there. But the difference between the Packers and the Niners, like, I don't think Matt LaFleur is a good guy. So when I look at the when I look at the Saints, that's the difference. I go, well, I know Sean Payton is elite. You know, you would argue him or Andy are the best offensive minds in the league. Dennis Allen's work speaking for itself right now. They're kicking the shit out of everybody on defense. 
Well, when I look at the Niners, I go, well, the number one thing we knew about them for a couple years, even when they sucked, was Kyle Shanahan could dial up plays. Like, would do things every game, win or lose, where you just went, wow. And the problem had been the defense. They couldn't stop anybody. And now they're not stopping anyone. They're destroying people. Sorry, River just threw another pick. <laughs> well, guy, the, the, the charters stink. All right. Uh, yeah, when you say what you when you break it down like that, when you just say the, let, let's go through the logic of who's strong on offense, who's strong on defense, who's just strong all around, then then not only do we have to consider the fact that they might win the division, John. We, I mean, all these things. If you said they're just a blind. But blind test of this team's ranks, that graphic you showed me earlier today of the Niners' ranks versus last year, the turnovers created, they lead the league, right? That's wild. To me, th- the defensive points per game, um, I mean, it's the, the, this is what – and they're 5-0, and, and they're winning games. They're 5-0, and and we think their coach can hang with any coach. So they're one of the best teams in the NFL, and – but, like, coming I mean, into the season, even when Jimmy was throwing all the picks and shit in the preseason and then in that one preseason game, he was good against Kansas City. What was the preseason game where he was terrible? Oh, it was Denver, where it was like, oh, my God, this guy looks like uh, Paxton Lynch. But you go, right. that's why Kyle Shanahan makes all this money. He'll coach him up. And then they keep losing dudes, right? They're losing tackles. They're losing juice. Then they lose their other tackle. You're like, this is crazy, you know? And he hasn't really flinched, the coach. Just dialing up plays, it still looks the same. If you notice today, they didn't really supplement Juszczyk's spot. Like, they weren't running a fullback. They were running right. one-back sets. Like, Kyle just adapts. The, guy's, the guy is a genius. Like, he's re- he really is a genius. But you're just like, well, is Jimmy going to be good enough? But Kyle will fix him. But the fucking defense. And then it turns out Sala, I mean, is there a... Is there a uh, <laughs> A bald guy right now with a higher stock right now than Robert Sala. I mean, the defense looks like the 85 Bears. They are fucking dominant. I, I, I don't remember a game, and I'm sure it happens, where a team did not get a third down conversion. Especially a team that's not like, you know, two-lane football or something. I'm talking like an NFL team with a credible offense and a normal quarterback. They did not get a third down guy, and then they obviously went for it on fourth down I know it was like three times the last time I looked. Maybe they went. It was four. They were. They didn't get any of those either. So they were. They were zero and four and fourth down. So they were basically if you if you combine the two, they were zero and thirteen. That's unheard of for a solid team. Unheard of. And like the other thing is they weren't like well, was it just one of those games where it was always like third and eleven. No, it was how many third and ones and fourth and ones did they have? That was it. Well, they had three in a row on the goal line. And then they had another one late, in the, like they couldn't get it. He ran the same play. Like today was a big day for. I tweeted it out, but you know, for two years, and he earned it. He really did, and he still. This guy's a good. Everyone thinks highly of the guy. He was the kind of apple of everyone's eye, right? Of the new coach, young. He was unique, youngest coach in NFL history. Looks the part. Then his team kicks the shit out of everyone for two straight years. Well. Is it safe to say that Kyle, to his core, believes he's better than Sean? Like, he just goes, who's a better coach, you or Sean McVay? Like, do you think Kyle thinks he's inferior to Sean McVay? Of course not. No. So today, like, you know, for the last couple years, he's been getting his ass kicked by this guy. Last year, I think I I did the math this week, talked about it on an earlier show. It was like 87 to 45 or whatever last year. Now, Jimmy didn't play. But kicked his ass. 
and today to go down there, not to like the where you're playing in this rivalry, like Matt, this isn't like Dallas and Philly quite yet. So I'm not saying like we went to a hostile environment. No, you just went to the Coliseum. That was a fucking home game, and you, but you kicked their ass. I think the bigger thing is a lot of people were watching this game. Well, and you just played on Monday Night Football, so the Niners had been off for Thursday, four days, right? and he had played Thursday night the week prior. So they they had more time to prepare. Like that's like those stats exist in the NFL for a reason, right? Teams with extra rest, road teams, At home. short yeah, rest, yeah. all that stuff. Because it is real. Just put yourself as a human. Like, if you weren't playing a game, but you had to travel for work, you just do the math, right? It's just, you have more time to do shit, right? It's just, it's pretty obvious why it is a thing, right? Usually, Especially in the NFL, where it's like, in theory, everybody's kind of stuff is equal. So every little thing, not like college football, where the swings yeah, are big. Like Alabama could play every a two-day's rest against it, Fresno State, and they're going to be okay. Exactly. But for them, that now, again, go back to it. Like, yeah, you went down there, but that crowd was Niner fans, and it wasn't just that the seats in that stadium are red. Um, And it wasn't the, you know, 34 – 30 game that sometimes on paper you think this might be like that's not who Kyle Shanahan's for being an offensive coach like if we go through right now the NFL who are the offensive head coaches who who have whose signature right now on their team is their defense I would say it'd be Sean Payton right take now. the Patriots out because they're just yeah. right they're they're them. I think Sean Payton is the team right now yeah Sean Payton's an offensive but like Philly Philly law Philly their D sucks I mean, they, they, they can't stop the pass. Their point differential, they're 3-3, three and three, and it makes sense. Their point differential is 12, so plus 12. Da- Dallas, in theory, I would have thought would have been. Dallas ha- yeah, Dallas has been that. You're right. They, but they're not right now. I, I think it's the Saints by a mile, or, and them and the Niners. But you would say part well, of it Packers, is right. The Packers. The Packers are kind of, even though we never, we don't, you talk about Aaron first. They're an offensive coach, and their defense is really, really yeah. good. But we don't know anything about their coach is also the problem. <laughs> the Bears have been that. The Bears have been that. But the difference is, like, the Niners are scoring points. The Niners were second in the league in points through going into this game. And 20 points on the road. Well, John, they're they're second in point differential. They're second in point differential. The Patriots are one, and the Niners are two. And the Niners are two by a wide margin. Like, the Niners are plus 83 in point differential in the NFL. Second place, or third place, rather, they're second. Third is Minnesota plus fifty seven. Well, see, and here's the thing: I, I think it's a combination when you say of their two big off season acquisitions, the two ones that they basically put all their chips in the middle of the table. The number two overall pick, Nick Bosa. Would you consider that has been a just a walk off home run right now through five games? Yeah. Couldn't go any better. Yeah, I would say D Ford would be like a stand up triple. <laughs> He's been pretty fucking good. You text me today, like, is he jumping off sides or is he just like a shot out of a rocket? No, he shot out of a It's a rocket. fair question with him. And then they they also stake their claim, like we talked about Armstead early. We want this guy around these guys. What is no one – isn't it amazing how you win? Do you know what no one talks about anymore? How Solomon Thomas is just a guy. No one even cares. It's amazing well, when you win. And I bet Belichick would say, you know what's crazy about my career? I've missed on a lot more picks that ever get brought up. But when you go 13-3 and every year, no one talks about your second rounder that you had healthy scratch for two straight years and then you cut. It's like, oh, Belichick just got rid of a guy. <laughs> yeah, you mean the guy you drafted at the end of the second round? No one cares. It becomes, you start nitpicking the issues when you lose, right? Because right now, what are, if you and me were doing this for the Rams, we'd be like, well, 
did they misevaluate some of their offensive line guys? Did they draft some of yeah. these guys? And you'd be like, well, last year yeah. they took a guy in the third round. He's not good. That's what you talk about when you lose. Right. Like, that's forever before how he won a Super Bowl. It was like, well, he took this guy, this guy wrong. That's all you. That's how we discussed Trent Baalke for like five straight years. Do you know what we're doing now? Just kicking ass, kicking ass, kicking ass, wins, wins, kicking ass, kicking ass. That's, that's basically what people would be like. Yeah, I've been doing a Patriot podcast for 20 years. That's all we talk about. You know, it's great. <laughs> it's fun. You're like, yeah, I can see that. Because you just don't have to harp on. Because someone tweeted at me when I brought up the Armstead deal. And they're like, well, you know, Solomon Thomas will just take his stuff. I'm like, I don't think Kyle's thinking like that. He's like, how do we get rid of Solomon Thomas and keep the Armstead around? We don't want Solomon Thomas around here. And again, it doesn't right. really matter when you... We talked a lot about, like, and you know what we're not talking about anymore either? Really, injuries. Because those two guys, the big question mark, can Nick Bosa stay healthy and can D Ford stay healthy? Well, I will say this, though. We'll talk about, like, Kyle. I, we talk, oh, their injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah but we do talk about injuries in the context of how the Niners are overcoming that. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, the big question mark right. with both those two guys is you draft this guy two overall and you traded a second-round pick and you paid him $50 million. Can you depend on those two guys? And one thing we're learning is D Ford practice doesn't matter, and it shouldn't. He's a pass rusher, you know. So it's just like well, just rush the passer. And Nick, here's the other Nick one. Nick Bosa stayed healthy. Jimmy Ward's kind of worth the wait. We they've staked their. Cl- I don't want to say worth the, like we knew we would, like when he's played, he's been good. So I should maybe I should. Well, say I think worth there's the wait, a good but. example where Robert deserves some credit. Is he staked his claim on a couple guys, and he supported Armstead and Jimmy Ward, and they're coming fucking through for him right now. The Jimmy Ward. I tweeted Jimmy Revis because he had the back-to-back plays. The double pivot play was, that's a combination of coaching, film work. They knew it was coming, but you still got to be a good enough player to make the play. Like, that was impressive. That's a, whoa. That's not the, uh, remember, what was Chip defensive coordinator's name? Who's now the uh, linebacker coach for the Raiders? I forget his name. Nick something. uh, Sean Hill. I don't know. I can't even get his name on top of my head, but. With the Niners? Jim O'Neill. Jim O'Neill. Who's, but he's now the Raiders linebacker coach. Just remember, he's a great example, and he was like this for a while in, in Cleveland. His defenses were the opposite. What do you be like? Jimmy Ward would have been 30 yards off. Like, what, what are we even doing here? Where it feels like Robert I, I, now, is he? Con- it feels a little bit like he's scheming on a pretty high level right now, putting his guys in great positions. And Sherman and these guys have been saying that, but you're just like, you know, it's, it's just player speak for their guy. They like him. You're watching him. You're like, this shit's working. And then he's super fired up, and he's got this great tan. He's got a fresh shave. <laughs> I'm just, I'm jealous of his color, guy. Well, you, I mean, you, as someone pointed out to us the other day, they're like, he's not tan. That's just his skin color. No, I think, I, I think he's darker. But I, I think he's, I think he's tanner. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think he's tanner too, but I don't think. If he never stepped in the sun, he wouldn't look like you and me. No, but he, but it, we've seen him at practice enough. Like he doesn't wear anything out of practice. Like he's keeping that thing. And there's they got sun. Yeah, out yeah. He clearly is. He, yes, I, I like to think. I like to think that Wes Welker's out there running scout team just to get Jimmy Ward ready for Cooper. Well, Cup. you also notice like Kyle's a better example, much more like me or you. But he looks tan because he goes out there with no hat on. He gets a good tan. These guys aren't dumb. Show you know, you flow. can tan your face as a coach. It's a great, very advantageous to not be pasty white as a coach because you can always. Get a two and a half hours, you know, four days a week out there in the sun. As long as you, you know, you're not in Buffalo or something. If you're out, if you're a California coach. I, uh, yeah. It's, it's just, it's a great, I, I used to take advantage of Fresno. And then at Philly, 
It's like, I didn't go to practice anymore. And then you look around mid-October, you're like, I look like Casper the Ghost. I got issues. <laughs> but then you see the other coaches, and they'd be fine. Trick of the trade, guy. Trick of the trade. But then you get the guys that Some- are so pasty white, they can't even attack it. They go, they go the opposite. They go huge bucket hat, uh, sunscreen all over their body. Uh, long sleeves, you know, they, they don't even let an ounce of sun touch beside like their hands. So you got, there's a balance. You know, if you got the tent that you can go to like solid best case or even Kyle, then I know some guys like Olive. Yeah. I know the super pasty white guy that just waves the white flag and just acknowledges that he can, uh, he won't risk skin cancer. Yeah. Some people just turn red. Yeah. Which is a red, red flag. Yeah. It's not, not good for you. Uh, but you, but so real quick, do you remember a guy going stronger outhouse to penthouse quicker than Robert Sala? Like, I don't think people thought he was I mean, like a joke. The, but I, it, yeah, I don't think he was ever quite outhouse though. But it was pretty ugly. Well, it was just like, are they going to have to change coordinators? Is Kyle going to have to find a new coordinator? I agree, but I don't think anyone. It was just more the people like, what? I don't really get it. More so than it was like, oh, this guy's incompetent. I don't think it's ever been that, has it? I, yeah, I don't think it was never incompetency, it, but it was more like, is this guy cut out to do this? And you just don't know, right, right. you know? And I think it was always easy to counter, you know, does he have the players? Which I think we would all agree his players weren't as good. And I mean, we, it, we're not, it's not an opinion, it's clear. But they, they, they kind of like, you know, Robert did with, with Jimmy Ward and Eric Armstead that, you know, it's not. Sometimes coaches just refuse. Like, I'm not claiming any of these guys, especially ones that don't totally prove them. Like, he did go to bat for those guys, and they've been around there making plays. But Kyle kind of went to bat and Lynch of just supporting this guy nonstop, right? And then it's paid off for him. So you get credit for that. Yeah, well, there was never one like, well, you know, Kyle's beginning to wonder if you picked the right guy. Never one of those stories. Now they're like hugging, bro-hugging, and just a bunch of dudes. Okay. Like I tweeted, I mean, I think Robert Sala leads the league in fist pumps right now. I mean, he is college coach level excitement. Well, <laughs> which is fun because Kyle doesn't do no. any, much of anything. Well, Je- Jeff Schwartz had a great <laughs> a tweet good yesterday. The two guys that are the worst in college are Kirby and Muschamp. Muschamp's the worst. He's like, why are co-? and he's just like college coaches? Why is Muschamp's headset always like about to fall off his head? And he is just soaked in sweat. But college coaches oh. are consistently just nuts. Well, when you sweat that much, your hair shouldn't be that long. And Kirby does the same thing, like hair over his forehead, like he's a, like he's rushing Kappa Sig or whatever. Sig up. Sala would have belonged. Do you agree in the in the in the Georgia South Carolina game? Energy sideline craziness. Yeah, yeah. You don't see that many Salas. In the NFL, which I, I'll be honest, no, guy, just, I'll be honest. I, I, I've probably talked about this on the podcast, but we've definitely talked. I usually red flag that guy because sometimes to me, that's kind of fraudulence, the wrong word, but the NFL's like part of college is like getting, I, I understand why Kirby and Will Muschamp do that. Like, I don't think they're, there's nothing for it's different a little bit with younger guys in the pros. This is a thinking man's game. This is you're playing chess. So a lot of times when guys do that, especially defensively, I go, "Does this guy know what he's doing?" Now I'm kind of that's just his personality. Listen, you know, we one time in Philly we didn't hire a guy because he tweeted about what he had for dinner. This was like an intern, and it was like, "Yeah, he's just 20 year old on Twitter." Looking back, it was so stupid. Like, yeah, this guy's just younger coaches, just a little different. He's got some energy. I, if you're getting a job done, well, I, I don't mind. I also think like with Robert, 
it, it's we're in now year three of his time as the defensive coordinator. Year three or four? Year three. Year, year three. three. The, 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 talk about something that feels like it's been going on for a while. Kyle Shanahan as a Niner. Um, it's not like day one. And he, like, I, now maybe they just made fewer plays as a defense the first two years, so he did less of this stuff. Okay, they had two picks last year. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's why I feel this way. But I was just going to say, like, I don't feel like he ever did it. I don't like. I don't feel like it's ever hollow. Like it's not coming in hollow moments. Like he's doing it right now in big spots and big games. But he, but big. he had been doing it when they were one and nine, beating the Giants on Monday Night Football, right? I, that's what I was going to say. Like I just don't remember it as well, much. He, but he'd been consistent with it. Like you went to practice, he's acted the same. That's he, true. He, yeah, that's he has. True. So I respect it. I don't think he was sometimes maybe a first time defensive coordinator. Like that's just who he is. That's his energy. I also think when you put it together in the context of you watch him do a press conference, he's not out there making big-time declarations about it, he's not, right? Like Greg Williams is saying stuff about people all Wouldn't the time. Wouldn't you say Saul's personality Sala. is much different than the way he acts on the sideline? Like when his personality, when he's up talking at press conference, I've been there. He's yeah, actually pretty like, super low-key. Yeah, pretty just yep. straight shooter, but you wouldn't think like – If a, he's excited about a guy, he just says we're excited about yeah, him. Yeah, not a blowhard with his words, but his action, he gets excited. And you know what? So that's where I think that's where I think you get credit though is if you don't act like that guy. Like if he acted like you Greg act like Williams that, and did that, people would be like, and oh, taught, come on, yeah, buddy. yeah, right, right. I agree. Because this is like I mean, Greg Williams. He really is like the the modern day Greg Williams. Because Greg was like, uh, kill the head, the body will die. Like legitimately, I think he probably wouldn't have minded death for the opponents. <laughs> you know, it's it's fair to say that you know Greg's not shedding tears over like hospital vet visits for offensive players. Salas is like, all gas, no brakes. You know, like, play with high, fantastic effort. (laughs) Greg Williams is like, put the nine to their head and pull the trigger, dog. You know, it's like, whoa. (laughs) This guy's the, like, PG version of, like, tackle hard. You know, rally to to the ball. Greg Williams is like, open up the motherfucking clip on them. You know, it's like, Jesus, Greg. Shatter their ACLs. Take take their souls. (laughs) Which, listen, as... We need a couple of Greg Williams involved in the league just to keep it kind of interesting. You can't just have all gas, no breaks. Yeah, everyone. you got to have villains. Yeah, gotta, but he, you know, you could argue, you know, in these modern times, he might be a, a little much. Uh, we'll get to the headlines because we got to talk about that team, though. Uh, but let's let's continue the conversation. Just more in a in a uh, Garoppolo, Shanahan, McVay, Golf kind of head to head because we did a lot of talking last week about about Garoppolo and Golf. And obviously Kyle and Shanahan, like this matchup is the matchup for a while. Like if people want to have the conversation about golf overrated or McVay, figure they fit the leagues, figured them out, blah, blah, blah. He's not going, no one's job is at risk there in LA, nor should it be. We just got an extension. So this is the matchup for a while. And right now, uh, it can, it can change week to week. Like you said earlier, but you feel pretty good about it. If you're the 49, if this was college football, would we be like, you know, things are getting a little weird in L.A., keep an eye on Washington, making a run at them. Would we be having those conversations as college football? If it was college football, then then any time a job opens, you'd start talking about it. But that's what I love about the NFL is once you have an NFL job, unless you hate the GM or the owner or something, like you're not leaving to go to your hometown team no, in the NFL. I, I'm with you. Uh, and by the way, like, is, like he's, isn't, where do you grow up? 
The Northeast, West Coast. Where's Sean? Where's well, Sean Ohio, from? Yeah. I mean, but I mean, his, his grandpa was with the Niners, so I just always kind of think of him as a West Coast. I think guy. he was a Midwest guy, but yeah, why? It's not like I don't even think he's from Washington. He just spent the most time there. You know, he was just there for a while. Kyle spent a bunch of time he, there. Like he ain't going back. I, I thought the biggest difference today is the one not Dayton, Ohio. Where's he from? Dayton, so he's Ohio. Just born and raised in the Midwest. Went to, but somehow he graduated high school in Georgia. I don't know that. Listen, I, I Sean McVay can go seven and nine this year, and I'm not going to think differently of him. Like he earned, it was not fake what he got. Right, he earned the last two years, winning. How impressive he was, how he handles himself. Like it was impressive. The one knock that yeah. I had originally was he sat on the cooler to do his plays. I don't know if you've watched many Chiefs games since Mahomes been starting. Andy sits with Mahomes when the defense is on the field. And he doesn't watch it, so it's like, okay. You know, it's like, I can't crush you on. I think a lot of coaches do that. The offensive coordinators, the head coach, they go with their quarterback. So, I, I have to take that back. I did think today, though, they both do the same thing. Like, if they were pitchers, they would throw the same pitches. That's the, the basic of what they do. They run the same offense. I do feel Kyle, now some of it's just window dressing with all these motions and ghost motions and you never really know, like, is he going to give the guy in this fly sweep and then it becomes a play action? Kyle's better than Sean with that shit. And he should be, guy. He's been, I was thinking today, like, Kyle's been calling offense for almost 10 years. And he's been in the league for, you know, 18, or, you know, 16 or whatever. He's been calling an offense for a long time. Where Sean has really just been doing it these last two years that we know for a fact. You know, Jay said he called some plays, but Jay was still kind of calling plays. It was, you know, half and half deal. But I thought today you just really see, like, Kyle's just kind of on a higher level as a play caller. Now, I believe Sean will get there and will keep adapting because that's usually what smart guys do unless you're Chip Kelly and you just keep running the same shit. But right now, like, I, I saw a big difference today beside the defense because you go, well, he's got Wade Phillips who's been considered, like, the Vic Fangio of the league for, like, 20-plus years. So they both rely on a defensive coordinator. It's a little different, but Kyle's not. I mean, that's Salah's defense. But when I just watch the offense – I feel Kyle's more liable to do things that I haven't seen or that I go, whoa, or just wow. And just, he just has different pitches right now. He has those secondary pitches that maybe Sean hasn't developed, I mean, has not developed yet. Because the knock on Sean is really since the Super Bowl, Belichick kind of has this game plan for whatever that is and it's throwing them off. Like, what, you go, what's the game plan to. Stop the Niners. Well, fucking Kyle will do whatever you're going to let him do. So you can take one thing away, he'll just do the other thing. And I forget the sideline chick in this game, but she did. Jen Hale. She did have a comment uh, where I guess Kyle told her in passing, like, I can't wait to get and do my halftime adjustments. And then he comes out and they just had some different things going on. You're like, whoa, Kyle's just, because he sees a couple things. I do think there's an element to Kyle of, he really is as bright as the hype on his offensive mind. Like, it's it's special. Because how many times... Because I'm watching the Niners, and I consistently go, well, every fucking play, Kyle's down some guy open. Whether it's like third and five, and he gets Marquise on the out. Or whether it's the flea flicker, which clearly hits. Or whether it's the drop touchdown from Telvin Coleman. Like, he's going, hey guys, run this when we see this look in this situation, and it'll work. And it feels like the only thing holding it back from working always is a shitty throw, is like a you know the offensive it's offensive true. lineman misses a block or a drop. 
It's because it, it, I, I think when you, if you follow like contingents of other other fan bases, like a couple people that follow the Cowboys or whatever, it's pretty consistent. Like, why can't Jason Garrett get one guy open on a third and seven for the love of fucking God? You know, like those are the conversations. Like, why can't Jim Schwartz give safety help to his shitty corner? You never really get like, why can't Kyle? Get Pettis like every kind of Pettis keeps coming on. Then they get. I'm not sure what it. What is it that he can't? I don't do know. At this point. That's what I'm saying. Like the guy's a genius, yeah. bro. He's a, and I was hard on him to come into the season. I'm like, yeah, you know his personality. Maybe his ego's a little big. I understand why the scouts. Maybe he doesn't talk to him. But then you, once the season starts, you realize. Well, they. I don't think they're gonna have much say at the next meeting. Well, he's so goddamn good. You realize no one gives a shit what you think, scouts, because this guy. What his ability, like you say, what would you say the most valuable ability is in the National Football League when it comes to football, not like business stuff? It would be quarterback play, right? If you're a big quarterback, you're going to get, you'd probably say what's the second most powerful ability would be like a dynamic head coach. You could say that's more important than like a Khalil Mack or an Aaron. You'd take that second once you have the quarterback, the dynamic head coach. And I think he's really proving where most smart football people, including us, even though we were like kind of getting, I was getting a little nervous. Like he's got to eventually show us something. Now he's showing it, and it's like you don't even need to argue it. Yeah, I think you know that's where the Packers will be an interesting case study this year. Is they've got a good defense, they've got a great quarterback, they don't have a dynamic head coach. We don't think. What's their ceiling then, right? Because you could make the case. Well, would you take the dynamic head coach over the good quarterback? Because if I said to you right now, what are the Niners' best attributes? Number one, you would say Kyle Shanahan, right? To me, number two would be their defense. Yes. And number three would be, you know, and then it's like, you're like, well, do you say Kittle? You got to go Garoppolo three. Yeah. They have a quarterback um, that they can I, depend on to win games. And Yeah, because you could argue today, to me, the one thing that I just, like we talk about Jimmy and what's his what big picture, like how great is he, how great can he be? The one thing you see, though, whatever his numbers are going to be, a pass rush doesn't freak him out. He still makes plays at that last, like, where some guys might get out of the pocket. He'll hang for, like, he's only got three-tenths left, and he's either getting sacked or making a throw, and he makes a throw. He's He can move in a, what I like to call, John, a muddy pocket. God, I, yeah, I like we all like to call everything the same thing. Um, but he can clearly make plays with his legs and then throw the football. I just like he, I th- I think he's elite at the pockets. Not great. What does Jimmy do with it? To me, that's where like the Romo comp in the, like Romo's prime of just like scrambling around making shit. And that's where I think guy. Can I say something about that yeah. real quick? That's what's crazy about him is the weird plays he makes don't come in that situation. You know what I mean? Like the weird throws that Jimmy makes, by and large, don't come in like the Romo scramble spot. No, they come in like first and ten. They're just like weird. Like, wait, what was that throw? Yeah, they, they come at random, like a time when you're in an advantageous situation. He makes the. That's where the Romo thing is a little different because Romo would make the crazy plays in that yeah, situation he, he, too. Jimmy makes like, oh, third and seven. He just hits Debo Samuel over the middle in stride. But it'll be like first and ten in the red zone. You're just kicking the. You're up like twenty, and he'll throw a pick six. You're like, whoa, great protect. <laughs> yeah, like, what? I, I thought today that my theory is this that Kyle and him, there have been some subtle jabs, more Kyle at Jimmy. Like when, during the bye week hit, and Eric Branch is like, Did you spend time with Jimmy? He's like, No, we had to get the hell away from each other. I just think that 
they're just butted heads a little bit philosophically. Kyle wants more robot. Jimmy's got the Romo. They got to meet in the middle. And if they ever can meet in the middle, it can be glorious. We've, we're seeing glimpses of it right now. I do think it's hard when you are Tony Romo at your heart. That's what, that's what when you say Jimmy kind of is at his core. He's really just kind of a throwback, run around, old school, make some plays. But he kind of got that beaten out of him a little with Belichick. Though I, I, I felt like Bill kind of liked that. He's like, I'm tired of Tom the Robot. I kind of want that. It felt like Bill was pro that more than like th- that offense really was. He's like, Jimmy, just do whatever you want out there. I'm just so tired of watching Tom just be so goddamn robotic. Where he comes here and Kyle wants to rein him back in because you see, for example, the flea flicker. You could argue like you just got to lay that out for him. Now, you could say, is Marquis Goodwin some lock to make the catch if he lays it out for him? No. But... Like, Jimmy's thinking to himself, he sees him wide open. What's the number one thing he's saying? I can't overthrow him. I can't overthrow him. I can't overthrow him. So he kind of underthrows him. Because I think if Jimmy's just not thinking, he just, boom, lets it rip. Right? May overthrow him. May hit him in stride. More than likely, probably yeah. hits him in stride because it's hard to overthrow a guy that runs like a 4-140. But he, and to me, then he has he has a pick to, uh, to George Kittle or whatever that play was where I think everyone's kind of crushing him. And then my first reaction is like, you can't make that throw. I've been to enough football practices. No, I think Kyle goes, and the way that play works is one, two, you throw to the spot, and I'm a, I'm a genius. Our offense works. The guy will be yeah. there, and you say he won't you be there unless it. he's being held. And if he's being held, there'll be a flag. Did you say you kind of saw him hesitate for a split second? Yeah, I think if you rewatch it, like Kittle's getting held up, and it throws off the timing of it, and Jimmy can kind of. It looks to me like Jimmy sees like something's not right because like all of a sudden. Kittle and Debo are like in the same, you know, like Debo's kind of at the flat, Kittle's in the corner, and neither guy is like open. See, that's where I think is an example. Like, I doubt Kyle would be that mad because he would go, the play is designed, I tell him to throw the ball, we coach it to throw it to this spot. You know, like three yards in, four yards over. Like, that's how coaches talk, and he doesn't, he picks. Now, the play where he fucks up to Tevin Coleman, I, I wouldn't say he fucks up, but it wasn't. Tevin had to turn around. That's where you throw it ahead of him. They coach it up. You just throw it. You lead it to him. He walks in the end zone. Well, Schlereth, when they're showing the replay, Telvin gets blasted the line of scrimmage. So he gets thrown. He's looking the other way. So Jimmy's in this robot mode. Like, I go three steps. Boom. That's what Kyle wants. Right in front of him. Walk in, touchdown. Easy. But that's, you know, sometimes, and this is where, like, you brought up the Packers. If they were in a tight game in the fourth quarter in round one of the playoffs, I just think Aaron can naturally ad-lib more and just take over. The Jimmy, if you get in a weird spot like that play to Coleman, Jimmy, just throw it behind him, hit him in stride, and he'll turn around and walk in. But I think Jimmy's probably thinking, like, I've coached to do this, and that's where I think they're still probably battling, where if this goes on to have success, in like three or four years, we'll talk about, you know, those first couple years, even when they started winning, you know, the one year, the first year they won the division, and they lost in the second round to the Packers or whatever. You know, they weren't even close to what they became. You know, because Kyle would be like, bro, you, you, yeah, we coached it, but you have to be able, you can throw it to his back shoulder when he's looking at you instead of making him flip right. around. Now, I bet Coleman would tell you it's the NFL, it hits my hands, I got to catch it. And even if you fall, you don't give yourself up as a running back, right? He could just roll into the end zone if no one touches him. Yeah, it's him. not college. So, like, I, I just think there's still, these are little nuances where I they are still so far away, I think, from what Kyle would say would be like football nirvana, where we're totally on the same page of just, he can ad-lib a little bit. Like, this, you don't have to be a total robot, but you do need to be a robot in spots where 
I wonder if Kyle's like, the moment you see him being held on that play, you have to just throw it away. You know? Because you just throw it up. It's just, as what would Rich Cannon say, a turnover on the goal line is better to better to not turn better to die a child <laughs> better to die a baby than turn the ball over in the we could just say the red zone <laughs> yeah so because <laughs> it is you it is a pretty gut big gut punch when you throw a pick in the end zone right it's a whoa that's that's a devastating blow yeah i mean they they were there it was going to be 14 to 7 right yeah it was a big blow and you also realize and this is where i always defend the guy and he wasn't even that bad today because I don't. The one thing when you play the Niners, they don't really relentlessly just go at corners. That's the one thing Marcus Peters probably likes a game like that today because you're not playing like the Eagles or the Packers. Well, they'll just relentlessly go at you. Kyle will just pick his spots. Like if you're in his play, you're in his play. But if you're not, like you're free. But he does like when the when the play is presented to 22, he does always make it right. He picks that ball. Like some guys might drop it or fuck up. Like he always makes the play when it is presented to him. So I would imagine Wade mm-hmm. Phillips would be like, he has his flaws, but he never doesn't come through when they screw up. He always makes it. So he he balances it out. He's the best example right. to me of a guy that consistently gets beat, but makes this an extraordinary amount of plays. Now, some of them are easy, well, and, but he makes them. Yeah, and you just you play this game like there's just enough mistakes going to be made out there that he'll have plenty of plays to take advantage of. And most, co- most quarterbacks will throw you a ball or two in your vicinity. Jimmy legitimately threw it right to him. He's like, fuck, he's coming right at me. And that's why Kyle was losing it calling the hold. Because in his mind, he's like, well, the play worked. Right? It was there. It hit. Right, right. <laughs> you do realize why there was- good offensive coaches are so stubborn? Because they're like, my shit works. Like, it, the guy's there. You're not allowed to hold. I'm about to tell you something that doesn't have a big point to it, but it was cool to see at one point. I love when they just leave a camera on a guy for a minute. Let's just watch him in his environment. And they just, you know, they, they, a lot of shots of Kyle, and they had one with Kyle, play clock's running, he hasn't called the play in yet, and he just, he's looking at the chart, and I didn't really realize, most of his chart is handwritten, it's like, clearly he's got the little grids, he just writes in, maybe, here's my eight plays, or whatever, a lot of it's handwritten. I I can't, I didn't really look. Well, just, maybe, some of it might be typed, but there's definitely one side where, like, there's just a lot of handwritten stuff on it. He doesn't laminate it, right? He's not like Andy, it's not a laminated sheet, it's like a folded, No, I don't think so, and I'm sure, maybe this was... This might have been the second half, so maybe he'd already written like Some maybe it was from halftime what he had written, yeah. or like the eight plays that he's got coming out. Whatever. It, didn't you say that but, he said to Papa or someone that he goes in there and writes the eight plays that he know will work in the second half off what they're showing him? So, so what they do at halftime is they put like him and his other run game coordinator guys. They'll write like eight plays they like on one side of the board. Then he sits there for like four minutes, and then they put together. Okay, here's the plays we're going to run. So when he walks in, there's usually already some action of like plays going up on the board, like run plays that they like. And then he'll add, he'll sit there with it for a minute. So I'm guessing maybe that's what, but they just have a shot of him and you, and he's looking at the card. He goes, you can read his lips. He's like, uh, all right, let's go with, and then he just rattles off, you know, like the quick, whatever thing for the wristband. And it was just funny. Cause it's like, here's him in this moment. He's got three seconds basically. And it wasn't that he had necessarily, I'm going to run this play. And then I'm going to run this play in that moment. He was just picking a play real quick in three seconds. Now, he probably has some idea, but yeah, that's I, it. Was just that I, I just it was interesting would, to watch would, would him kind of in that moment make a decision. Much better than advertised since you've been watching him two and a half years. Like it's pretty impressive to watch. 
Yeah, although I will say, like, if we lived in Atlanta, we might have heard more of this stuff and less of the his personality quirks. That seemed to be kind of the headline. No, on him. I, I'm saying just in a vacuum, the hype on him as a play caller. I think you hear this about a lot of guys to get jobs. He has exceeded that. I'm not talking about anything. To, just the hype. He's an elite play caller. You just mean all the talk just, about just he is Nostradamus. Just plays on Sundays. Yeah. It's been a lot of hype, and it's backed up every ounce yeah, of it. Yeah, like it's... It's always just consistently shitting games with wow. And that's where I think the knock on McVay right now is fair. Where are his wrinkles? Where are his wrinkles, guy? I, I just don't. I don't well, see isn't it. that what we always talk about in this? Like, people are going to adjust to you. You're going to have to adjust back. And that's where, for Kyle, he's been doing this for a long time. He has a lot more information to go to. And who, who else does he have? He's had to adjust back a lot. Like, he's already had to do that as a coordinator, right? He has a pretty big advantage also. Whose offense is he running? It's fucking dabs. Do you think Mike Shanahan has not watched one all-22 play of every game that his son has coached now for the 49ers? Like, that is that is an underrated part about Kyle. His dad was a multiple-time Super Bowl champ, widely considered one of the better offensive coaches of the last 30 years. And they're pretty tight, you know? Like, the guy hired him to come coach, and he said it was like the best moment of his life getting to coach with his son. His dad didn't let his own son call the plays. And he's clearly plays a big role. Last year he came with Jimmy. Like Kyle's, you know, Kyle's got some advantages and he uses them. Like they're, they just the crew, whether it's Mike helping him out, whether it's obviously a lot of Kyle who's a genius, little Mike McDaniels, the offensive wide receiver, game coordinator. Like these guys, and you read these quotes from like the articles on McVay and LaFleur and all the other assistants that were there in Washington that were like, you thought you knew football until you got around all these guys, and it was just crazy all the shit being said and thrown around there. Mm. And they mainly, they didn't really say McVay as much as Kyle and really the McDaniels guy, who's like the guy that had an alcohol problem, but he was an Ivy League. Is it Mike? I think, Mike, no. I think it is Mike McDaniels. So those two guys are got a little beautiful mind thing going. and you But it's one thing to just hear about it. It's another thing to consistently see it every Sunday. And I'm consistently just, wow. I didn't see that coming. You know, you as a defense, there are some, there's a huge part of schemes, a big deal, but there is a big part of like, you got a batter motherfucker in the guy lined across from you. Cause I got news for you. Right. Nick Bosa's shoving Andrew Whitworth back into Jared Goff. D Ford, the guy can't even get a hand on him. Like Aaron Donald's a good what? example. He was Mark Slareth had a Mark Slareth played guard for like 20 years in the league. And I don't think he'd just throw this away lightly. <laughs> He's like, he might, I think he did say, he's the best football player maybe I've ever seen in my life. And then you just watch him do a couple plays, you're like, holy shit. What could, would Larry Allen in his prime have blocked that? Like, there's nothing you can do. Like, Aaron Donald is just, he's just better than you. There was a play early in the game that they just put, I, I text a buddy in the league, I'm like, yeah, they just put Aaron Donald the defensive end, and they just had him rush like a nine technique over the school guy. And they just basically said, yeah, this is a defensive tackle. We're going to put him at end. And I bet your guy can't fucking block our guy. And what did he do? He went right around him and he sacked Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I was actually shocked he didn't do that more. But I think... What did he get sacked? Twice, I think, today? And maybe he got both But of I them. think one of the problems is then they start... When you line him up there, I bet Kyle goes, Jimmy, didn't check to an inside run if 99's out of there. And they start gashing you. It's kind of like a... You know, you start playing this chess game. Where you like you you know Kyle likes to run it inside, so you want ninety nine around there, but you know you know it's hard. And then Kyle's got the lead, and he's happy to run. It I know, stuff. so it's just it's just that's where I bet uh, Wade Phillips was like, well, it's nice having fucking Aaron Donald. I wish I had a couple other players too. You know, like where's the, I don't have any other help. 
Littleton, catch the goddamn ball. I always love it. I mean, is there a bigger go-to quote from a from the analyst? Is like, that's why the guy plays defense. You know, whenever he drops like a a pass that hits the guy in the bread basket. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love it when it comes from a, when the quarterback is the analyst, and it's like you know, quarter, quarterbacks probably just. Because I bet quarterbacks get so annoyed, right, when some defensive back has nothing to do with why the play didn't hit, and they start spreading their arms and doing the "you can't throw on me" thing. It's like, dude, you, I overthrew the guy. You got lucky. DB. So I, quarterbacks, like, I always feel like you have a DBU. Don't make a don't make a motion. So I feel like quarterback analysts are just waiting to say stuff like that about DBs because it's a little, you know, I feel like there's a lot of friendly trash talk between those groups. Well, there is because they spend a lot of time to each other. If you go to practice. When they do one-on-ones, it's the DBs, the quarterbacks, and receivers. They just are around each did, other a lot. Did you see the Mahomes? So after Mahomes throws that crazy touchdown to Tyreek Hill, did you see that celebration? And then he, like, taps – he, like, stopped celebrating for a second to, like, give J.J. Watt, like, a sorry, bro, and then went back to celebrating? You're saying that Mahomes tapped J.J. Watt? Yeah, like, Mahomes throws to Tyreek, starts, like, jumping around. He's running by J.J., kind of stops jumping around, taps him on the shoulder, and then goes back to celebrating. <laughs> no. It felt genuine, but I guess it could have been trash talk. But it's probably genuine. I you, I would imagine Mahomes good, careful, like a good effort, careful bro. Careful around JJ because he might be able to hit him. You know, I, I tweeted something. I'm like, God, JJ looks like a shell of himself because he did look kind of stiff. And then a bunch of people tweeted at me, leaves the league in pressures. So like his power is still there. He's just not quite as explosive to get to home anymore. He is he, he, got a different. He pitch. is massive. Yeah. Uh, before we get some headlines, you want to get headlines? Anything else on McVeigh and? Off and Shanahan and Garoppolo for Well, now. a couple things really quick. I guess, I mean, Seattle winning, like, all these wins, you keep stacking these wins are important because it's go went from, you know, could 10, 11 games win the division or is it going to take 13-3? Like, Seattle's winning games on the road. They're just winning games ugly. They're, yeah, they're 5-1. and one. So they've won as many games as the well, 49ers. If I, they're 5-1, and one, you just watch them play over the year, how well Russell's playing. Guy Haberman, what's your record prediction for Seattle? Well, they got 10 games left, so they're going to win at least. I mean, they're going to win at least 11, right? Maybe 12. You, you say six and four. Go seven and three. I'm going to say, yeah, six and four. So they, they're going to win at least 11 games. They're going to be 11 and And you five. wouldn't be the least big shocked if they went 12 and four, right? So you just start kind of gauging what you're going to have to do to win this division. So you'd be like, you probably need to win 12 games. And for sure, split with them. Like you can't. You go eleven and five. You lose both those games. Like you won't win the division. This was a pr- like this they, was a pretty big win to like kind of the Rams are in a little trouble now. Like to me, the Rams have you know, seven and nine, missing the playoffs written all over them. You agree? Or yeah, you, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Or even eight and eight. Like this, yeah. they're what are they now? Four, three, three and three. So you know, I mean. They're still. I, the I know kick, they've the, lost the three kicker. Straight. The kicker solid. missed a forty-four yarder the previous week. They could easily be four and two, right? So I, I still think they're good, but it's just the problem is just the math, and this is what we've been saying is just the Niners' math right now is they're five and zero. Oh. So even if they're a, even if they're a, uh, well, I guess they can't be a five hundred team down the stretch, but if they're a game over, I would say the Carolina game looks a little different now this week. Uh, two weeks. Who do the Niners play this week? Oh, they go to Washington. They go to Washington. Okay, that's a little easier. But then the Carolina game. So you expect them to be six and zero? I watched a decent amount of the Washington game. They stink. Like they're they're bad. I would. And I don't you think that but game's gonna? One thing watching Carolina, like 
they want to run McCaffrey a lot, obviously, and I do kind of feel like that Niners are fine with that. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty fun matchup, McCaffrey versus the Niners, D. And not just McCaffrey, like the Samuel, DJ Moore. Like, they got really good offensive players, guy. That's why I think this DJ is- Moore, did you see that touchdown catch DJ Moore He's had today? Ass. Oh, my He's God. Awesome. They, they, they are – they have legitimate offensive weapons. I, I think that's why Kyle Allen, who kind of came out of nowhere as an undrafted free agent, if you just play solid as their quarterback, they go, well, we play defense and we got offensive weapons. That game's – that's kind of a big game. Let's look at something real quick here now. So the, so the 49ers play the Redskins, they play the Panthers, they play the Cardinals. Those are their next three games. So they should be at worst – you say right now you got to think they'd be seven and one, right? At worst, if not eight, no. Yeah, I'd say it'd be. Carolina's I'd say it'd be pretty shocking if Kyler Murray beat the Snyder defense, right? Yeah. So you'd say, I mean, really, though, I, though they're, though, they should be favored. Actually, not playing terrible right now. No, they're not. But he threw three touchdowns today. But they'll be favored in all three of those games, so they'll be eight, no, seven, and one. Where's the Carolina think, game? Right. Home. Okay. Where's the? Uh, the other two are on the is road. Is the Arizona game a Thursday night game? Or is that, or is that uh, the following the, one? Yeah, Arizona is the Thursday. So they night. go they go Washington at Washington, Carolina home, and then a Thursday night game. Okay, that's that's an mm-hmm. interesting little stretch. It is. So the next three games for the Seattle Seahawks, they're five and one. They got Baltimore at home. Okay. They go to Atlanta. They got Tampa at home. I mean, you'd say probably two and one worst case of that stretch. Okay, so so. So you got a shot here at eight and one versus eight and zero, or seven and one versus seven and two. Is that a Monday night game on Mon- on Monday night football in in San in Santa? Would you say that's a pretty fucking big game? Yeah, because you'd say worst case, probably both teams are like six and two, right? Or it would it be six and three? It would be like seven and two. Yeah, the Niners would be six and two. Worst case, yeah. if they win one of the next three, which would be pretty alarming, right? If they lose. If they lose two of these yeah, three, because one loss would be bad, that would mean you'd lose to Arizona or Washington. Because I, you would say right. if you lost to Carolina and the game was tight, they might be. If they won this week, what would they be? Five and two. Like they, they'd have a good record. They'd be viewed. The problem would be you'd be competing with them for a playoff spot. That's where that I'm starting to look at the NFC playoffs. You know what's starting to look like? The NFC East going to get one team in. It's going to be Eagles or Cowboys. Then you look at. It's going to come down to the Niners in Seattle and maybe Minnesota, Minnesota Green Bay aren't going away. And you'd say, well, the Bears, if they can just fucking get somewhat of their defense is so good, they're going to be in the mix, right? Because their defense is so top notch. And that Carolina game is like, you just keep stacking wins. You're in the mix if you're Carolina. Like they are just, they are four and two, all right? They're four and two. And they've won four straight games. And you watch them, they have, you know, a legitimate MVP candidate. So they they are, and their division sucks. So you go well. Why couldn't they go ten wins? And this is where you go. Well, if the Niners end up ten and six, this, these are the tiebreaker type games. That's why the Carolina game and the Green Bay Packer game over the next month and a half are pretty big. What just happened? They're getting there. They're getting there. Are you watching football right now? Baseball. Go back. You'll see a replay real quick. They're, they're getting their ass kicked, huh? It's twenty-one to nothing. Guy with the four-string quarterback starting. Where when the Steelers scored, they started waving. Terrible towels were everywhere. You think you think uh, Ryan Clark thinks that Matt Devlin or whoever is starting for the Steelers tonight could lead the Niners to a 5-0 record? Devlin Hodges. 
Devlin Hodges. Sam, Samford's finest. I got to tell you, I disagree with someone tweeted us like, you guys got to talk about this. So maybe real quick, we'll do this. Ryan Clark says the Niners would have the same record with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. I can't agree, John. Yeah, t- to me, if he, oh. you, you, we had talked about it before, and you, Chargers I, just missed. I said if if he had put Kirk Cousins or just other random like mid tier quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, I, I would have been like, yeah, you're like you told me before the podcast. He's clearly trying to make a point. Jimmy stinks, and where I, my counter to Ryan Clark would be, I don't know if you're watching the Niners because. Because here's the problem, Ryan. You went all in. You call them frauds. Sometimes in this business, you're wrong. Just take the L and just move on. Where you're doubling down now, Mason Rudolph's a bad example. Have you watched Mason Rudolph, Ryan? He stinks. Like, he's terrible. So, it's the, the comparison's wrong. So, you're doubling down on your take, which you're kind of wrong on now. And you're doubling with quarterbacks that now stink. So, it's just you're doubling down on the wrong side. Like, if you just wanted to be like, if you flip the two quarterbacks today, they... It would have been the same thing. Whatever. I'd be like, yeah, for, for sure. You know? Just have a normal... But you, he's trying to have an extreme take on his take that's wrong. So he, he's holding on to this take that's... Because remember, he was the guy when they were like 3-0. and like, Pretenders, frauds, are going to get their ass kicked. Right. And now he just, yeah. he's just going to stake that claim. And this is my issue with takes. Where I can't... And maybe they teach you this at ESPN. To like hold on to the take forever. Like, you're better off just keep being wrong. It, it'll make more controversy. Maybe they do. And I, I would imagine it's probably they do tell you to do that. Uh, like, Colin just sticks with the take because he believes he's right. You know? Like, he was, he's not like... He's closer... But he's he's more than, like, Bayless. Like, Bayless clearly created yeah. that. Like, Colin thinks Baker stinks. Which I disagree with him. Like, I don't think Baker's that bad. But he does have some flaws. But this Ryan Clark yeah. take, when you just say a team sucks... You can go back when the team's good and go, yeah, they're good, and everyone's like, yeah, you just you're wrong. Who cares? Move on. But I, 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 right. I, here's my point on this bigger picture for Ryan Clark. I think we're gonna see tweets like this if they're like ten and one and in first place. He'll be like, well, you know, he's just gonna like that's gonna be his piece of land in the take sphere on the Niners, which is smart for him because he's gonna get it's just. It's just going to be his little island. Who else? Because, guy, no one fucking else is saying that. But it's, I know, but that's my issue, though. It's not smart if it's actually not smart. But, yeah, why bail now? Here's the thing. Maybe he does think he stinks, so just ride that one out. Well, he could. So. Well, Haberman. If you I believe think, it, I don't think, change because everyone else is calling you Would you, you say dumb. you're lukewarm on him? Uh, no, I would say I, I, I would say I like him the right amount. That's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, you're not. I like him the right you're amount. You're not acting like he's I, Steph I like Curry him. of football right now. I'm very open minded to. I expect. I expect him to keep getting better. I'm not sure if he's a career All Pro, but I would have paid him. I'd. I would. I would ride with him and not try to find another quarterback. That's pretty obvious. I'm not. But I do. I watch him. I'm like, God. I think he's getting better every week. I thought the concerns we had early in the season were legit. I thought people treated. Uh, a couple of his games early, like they were better than they were. But I also thought, again, against the Rams, I thought even it's like he didn't carry him, he didn't have to. But I just think, I think he does some really important things really, really, really well. Um, namely, just handle pressure and. Well, how, how, how many times do you think Ro- the right how many times do you think Tony Romo made a Pro Bowl? And when he was making Pro Bowls, it wasn't like fake Pro Bowls, like you know, back in the day when people went to Pro Bowls. Uh, it's a good question. Um, I'm gonna say he made like I'll, I'll be a hint, a hint. It's not as probably high as you think. 
Uh, yeah, I was going to say like four. Yeah, he made four. Okay. Would you say there's any chance Jimmy Garoppolo makes four pro, like legitimate Pro Bowls when you're one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFC? Would you say he makes four of those? Um, I I think there's a chance. But, I, but I'd but say probably, the safe bet right now, you'd probably bet against it, right? It's just hard, like if I, right? If I, like if Russell I said, Wilson's not going anywhere. If I said Wentz, if I, Dak, if I, Golf. But if I had said Wentz, you would have said, of course, he's making over four. You wouldn't even have hesitated. Or Mahomes, yeah, or Deshaun I, Watson. Br- like, Breeze has got a couple years. If I'm just thinking about the NFC, like, Breeze got a few years left. You'd say Wentz is going to be just in the mix every fucking year. Wentz is the first guy. I mean, Russell like, Wilson. Hell, I, is Kyler going to go to one? He might. Um, yeah, Rogers. so. Ever heard of him? Yeah, it's just difficult. That, that's my point. Like, I, I, a guy, I would say, if you told me this guy was a starter for, like, eight, nine years, even if they won a Super Bowl and he made, like, two Pro Bowls and it was more like just Kyle with the scheme, I think that's believable. And I think that's probably where you, and I even probably somewhere closer to you than I am, like, I'm not annoyed. Like, these last couple of weeks, it's been impressive because he keeps getting better, but I don't view, like, I'm watching Wentz and Watson and Mahomes, like, Jimmy ain't that, which is fine. Kyle doesn't want, Kyle's not asking him to be that. But eventually, in games, and it, there's going to be a spot in a Packer game, in a Carolina game, in a Seattle game, where it's tied, and it's third and nine on multiple big drives. Like, can he consistently do it? And like you said, the weird thing about Jimmy, he actually does hit those plays. His problem might be on, like, the two-minute drive. He would get a bunch of, like, key third downs. It would be, like, first and ten at the 50-yard line with 50 seconds left in a timeout. He would like hand the ball off to the Seattle defender. He would be like, "What just happened?" The the frenetic plays he nails. The interception against Cincinnati after he false started is the one. Just like what? I think sometimes he's going to do that, and it's just it's inevitable for any player to have that happen to him in a game, right? On the road against good teams, like it's going to happen this. It might happen this year in like an upset. Like I'll give you an example. Is it crazy to think they beat Washington? Let's say they beat Carolina at home. They're what would they be, 7-0? and And maybe, like, Arizona upsets them on the road short week? Like, that's just a weird... That That's not that crazy. You, you, you could go, well, if you're going to lose... If you're going to go 13-3, and one of the games you're going to lose, your Thursday night game is end of October. Would you say that was Halloween? But, like, you can lose that game. But you know what? I keep going back. Yeah, you're right. That makes a lot of sense. But what I think about when you say that, after I think that makes sense, then I think, like, is Cliff going to... Is Cliff going to beat Kyle and Sala? But you would just say, typically, not a snowball's chance in hell, but it's just Thursday night, and you're on the road. It's yeah. just, but I just watched them on a short week against Sean. But Thursday's a lot different when you're just coming off a Carolina game. I'm just That's saying, true. it's just, it is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and your guys are tired, your players are exhausted. It is really, and, and I said four days earlier, but it's a, it's a, when you played Monday night, you got five days off. When you played Sunday to Thursday, it's four days off, so it's one less day. You would, though, say if you could pick their schedule. But, John, he just replaced his right tackle and his offensive weapon on Well, and the, the counter, short the counter that would be if you could pick your schedule. I gave you all the 16 teams are going to play, obviously your division and then the other teams. If you had to pick a short road game, a short week team that you had to play on the road, well, yeah, Washington sucks, but you wouldn't pick that game so fucking far. Arizona would be the pick, right? You wouldn't pick L.A. or Seattle. You wouldn't pick, like, yeah. Green Bay or any of the AFC North. Like, you would pick the Cardinals. It's short. It's easy to get to. That would be the team you'd pick. Like, the Rams, if you could have given them their choice, 
They'd be like, yeah, who do you want to play on the Thursday night game? They would not choose Seattle on the road, right, for the Thursday night game. That would be like their last choice. Right. So the Niners aren't going to be able to complain. Like They did get the easiest, in theory, opponent they could possibly get. You go, well, LA's a shorter flight, but you would rather play the Cardinals than the Rams on a short week, right, on the road. Right, right. That's where I think, I keep thinking Carolina. So if Washington's this week, you win this Washington game, then the Carolina game becomes, I wouldn't say house money, but kind of big because in that Thursday night game, you don't want to lose a divisional game, but if you're 7-1, and one, I mean, that's the same record as Seattle and you haven't played them yet, so you still control your own destiny. Now, you would, though, like, you don't want to lose a game to Arizona. Like, if you're going to, you'd rather lose to Carolina, you know, a team that's actually wins, you know, that you think's good, you know? Because you think Carolina, if they're playing well, like they could play with a lot of teams. Like that game's going to be hard. That game's going to be your traditional, don't you think? Like three point spread. It's just going to be, even if the Niners are undefeated and they're five and two. Who is who is the Panthers' offensive coordinator? Norv Turner. Oh yeah. Last time I checked, still because I watched him today, thinking like their offensive coordinator's good. Who is he? And I didn't too lazy to Google it. Norv. Do you think he's got a pretty good resume calling plays in this league? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so God, Norv is still there. They just Jeez. do good things with these little guys. Has Ron fired anybody? Didn't he fire he somebody? He fired Brady Hoke, you know, his defensive line coach. He fired a bunch of defensive coaches last year. Oh, okay. Ron Rivera at 0-2 with Cam, it felt like, oh, this is Dave Tepper, new guy, going to have a new coach, house cleaning to like, I mean, are they going to be a wild card team? You it'd still be a pretty big upset with Kyle Allen as your quarterback to make a wild card in the NFL, right? That would be pretty nuts if they were like the 6 seed at 10-6 and six with Kyle Allen starting 14 games. You saw the last guy to debut at 4-0? Oh? Uh, Kurt Warner? Undrafted free agent to debut undefeated? Un- undrafted, yes, thank you. Undrafted free agent to debut 4-0. Oh. The other, the list of guys is actually not overly, it's like Mike Tomzak. Did, did start 4-0? It started 4-0, yeah. Well, how about just the list of undrafted free agents to ever start games? It's got to be a small list, right? Most quarterbacks that start games in the NFL, I would say, in the history of the modern-day league over the last 40 years, wouldn't you say the percentage of quarterbacks that have started games, 95-plus percent have been drafted? Just think of all the players that just always start, right? I mean, it's. I remember when Jeff Tool started for the Bills that one year when they had like seven injuries in training camp. Like Fitzpatrick got hurt. Uh, they had other guys get hurt. And he was like the four stringer and he ended up starting. He was the first ever undrafted free agent to start week one in the history of the NFL. Wow. So just show it like that. That's the one position where it is pretty, pretty unique. I, what do you think the percentage of undrafted free agent quarterbacks? Fresno stand up, by the way. Hell yeah. Huh? We tried to get him. He wouldn't. He was just too loyal to Washington State. Like, there, there aren't in the history of the league that many undrafted free agents that are, like, 53-man roster guys. That, that's right. what I think makes, when you look back at Kurt Warner's story, it's one of the most unique in, like, sports history. Undrafted free agent fucking packing groceries to win in Super Bowl MVP and the MVP of the league. And not like, undra- not, and not like undrafted free agent. Like, ah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sign you yeah, when the draft be, is you're over. Be you're going to practice first squad call. for a couple years. Like, no, we don't even, we don't even have your number. No, you're going you're gonna to come to the NFL after wearing one of the ugliest helmets ever created for the Iowa Barnstormers or whatever the team was. I had a thought today. 
like social media is good to like the Steph Curry's and the Mahomes of the world and like Zion. I wonder like far. Did you see it was his 50th birthday and like the NFL tweeted out just a highlight package and you're like, God, social media would have had a erection for this guy. Like every the plays he would make would have gone so viral, right? Just peak far like in the social media age. I was thinking the Rams when they were just scoring like 40 points a game and Marshall Falk and Warner just slinging it all over. They would have been a yeah. big social media squad when they have. Like, did you just see the shit they just Mark Martz doing with Tory Holt and just running, right. gunning, and bombing and just rolling teams? Someone would make a cut up of just Rams receivers sliding down, avoiding tackles. Yeah, and then like everyone already lined up and then was running another play. It's like the seven seconds or less. Marshall Falk just doing crazy ass shit. Like Marshall Falk was kind of like Christian McCaffrey. I mean, actually, Christian McCaffrey is trying to be like Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk's in the Hall of Fame. So, it's a fun time of year, guy. All right, John, this podcast, I just got a DM from somebody who uh, just used SeatGeek to get tickets to uh, a sweet game. What game was this? It was... Uh, Lakers in China? It was Chris... No, it was Chris. Chris Mack. Ravens Pat Sunday Night Football. Oh, next week? He used the promo code HAM for 10 bucks off his SeatGeek order. Download the SeatGeek app. He probably saw a big green dot. Was like, that's a good value. Bought two tickets, then used the SeatGeek app and got ten bucks off. You can be like Chris Mack on Instagram. Appreciate it, Chris, for the support. Promo code Ham for whatever's going on in your area. You know, think about how many people listen to us. Whether you live in the Bay Area or like maybe Chris lives somewhere else. If you're just for work in different areas, like if I worked in a in a position where I was just in you know sales job, but I was in this city sometimes, you just check like, hey, is anything going on tonight? I just go watch like, right. oh, the Pelicans are in town playing the Suns. I'll just go watch Zion. Oh, we got Thursday night footballs, Cardinals, Niners. I'll just, I'm in Tempe this week. I'll just go to the game. You know, hey, that's a great part about SeatGeek. Wherever you are, you just download the app. It's easy to figure out because you check the green dots. They give you, you can check the map of the stadium, concerts, you name it. And just go watch whatever game you want to watch. Whatever your little heart desires. We got games for days. And uh, SeatGeek makes it possible. Download the SeatGeek app, promo code HAM. And if you've already used it, use your wife's, your girlfriend's, your mom's, your dad's, your brother's. Tell them and pay them on Venmo. There you go. All right. Uh, NFL headlines. Niners championship. I mean, well, yeah. And then who are they going to play? The Jets? I mean, I got a Adam Gase. Clearly, I gave him a lot of shit for not giving uh, Luke Falk any first team reps. Well, he had the plan right because Sam Darnold came back and beat the Cowboys. I got a text yesterday last week that said, "Have you heard anything?" I, don't, I wouldn't have because I don't know anyone with the Jets. Like there is some unrest because I think it's a double whammy with Gase. One, they're just losing, and two, his personality is like is legitimately I think the stigma that Kyle has. I think Kyle, if you're behind the scenes, you, people would probably yeah, you can be prickly. I think Gase just lives that life. Like that's just him. He's just a different cat. Uh, an angry Henri Nate. Well, he might be Kyle. He might be Gase. Might be weird. Like he might be like yeah. Might be hard to talk yeah, to. Yeah. So him, he's right? got he's a different human slash he's a negative human. So he's a weirdo that's negative. So this perception has really changed. So it was like man, Peyton loves him. He just must be like <laughs> well, a happy go lucky well, uh, offensive well, what's genius. A sneaky kind of rep on Peyton behind the scenes. Like you work with him, he's a negative Nancy. But you just you and him, you can be negative together. Misery loves company. That's why fucking Peyton loved him because they were just mfing the whole team. This guy can't catch this. This guy can't run this. Let's get this guy doing this. I mean, 
Can you imagine the conversations those two had about the other guys if they could, uh, like, Emmanuel Sanders and Julius Thomas could have heard about what those two guys were saying about them? But this is the great part about football, and this is why the coach is so valuable, the quarterback and the coach. You win games like this, and you don't just win. Now it's like, I've been telling you, when he comes back, we'll be fine. I, I, I've tanked these games because it was a joke. I said, wait till this guy comes back, and we'll be competitive. And he, I didn't watch that much of this game, but every time I'd look up, they were winning pretty, I mean, dramatically. The Cowboys scored 13 points in the fourth well, they quarter. Had the, yeah, Cowboys had. They were getting yeah. their ass kicked. The, the Cowboys, for a long period of time, had nine points. This was, uh, Dak Prescott had zero touchdowns. How's that? Greg Williams, stand up. How's that possible? This is, today's a pretty big day for mono recovery. I mean, it shows you, you know, you won't be down for that yep. long. You'll come back and you can get nope. back. Spleen size. Spleen, you won't die. And Adam Gase, like, I, I've i always defended him. And Greg Williams versus Kellen yeah. Moore. What do you think about the Kellen Moore? I'm a Boise State guy. They're, you see how good their football team is? Jesus. They're really good. Nothing's changed, man. It's crazy. Uh, but Kellen, what's going on? Do you, like, is he, does he not have any other pitches or to go to the New York and just get your ass kicked? Is, is, it, is it maybe Dak? Is it maybe like, everyone's like, it might, it might Jerry, be. Jerry, you're, you're, you're going to owe him a ton of money. And Jerry's like, am I? Is Dak getting $110 million right now, guy? It changes every week, but no. Would you feel good? Get, would How you about Amari? Give him 110? No, I, uh, no, I, my final answer on that one is no. We, we did a lot of Doc, Dak and golf last week, but. I don't think he's like he's not going to become. Is he going to become Russell Wilson? What are the odds well, like, of that? Zeke, I, again, you got to watch the whole game to really feel it. I mean, he had twenty eight, one hundred and five in touchdown. Like now, his longest thirteen. Like, whenever I, whenever he does come up on the screen, I'm not trying to hot take here. He does look a little like now. He's always been thicker, but he looks a little slower to me right now. Like was he really training that hard in Cabo? Or was he like eating shit like me and you would be, just slamming fish tacos? You know. And eating, uh, eating some chips and guac. Because it's, it's easy to be like, okay, 10 o'clock. Yeah, we'll work out from 10 to noon. What are you going to do the rest of the day? You're like, oh, let's go to the beach. What are you going to do at the beach? You're going to order some food. You're going to hang. And you're going to end up, oh, just one cocktail. You know, we got to train tomorrow. One, you can lead into two. And then you're ordering another taco. And just, again, it wouldn't have been. Well, the, one is now, now all of a sudden it's seven a week. Yeah, and it's just, is that the ideal place to just train? I know everyone loves to, he's down there with a ton of people. Like, couldn't he just fucking stay in Dallas or L.A. and just train like a normal Yeah, kids? the answer to that question is most definitely no. <laughs> Did he need to be in Cabo? Now, I think his counter would be like, I ain't the problem right now. I'm getting a bill every game. Look at this quarterback throwing it. and We got little 10-year-old Kellen Moore over here. Do you know what he's doing? That would be Zeke's counter. What's Amari, what's Amari well, doing? Amari was, has been really good this season. He got hurt, I guess, today. A bad quad injury. Did he have a catch today? I know. He had one catch for three yards, so it's not Amari's greatest effort. Do you think he'll go to the Hall of Fame? <laughs> that was an early take for me on Amari Cooper, yeah. I, but I can't. You reminded me of that one. I can't today. act like I necessarily disagreed. I just think we thought. Johnny ran routes like Jerry Rice. I mean, what do you want me to say? And we just assumed that his. His feet. His feet. I, I would say the thing that I overestimated about Amari is, and we talked about this before the pod, you don't really get a great feel for Alabama personalities because they're all pretty rigid and pretty quiet. I assumed Amari's toughness was like a 12 out of 10. And, you know, it's probably closer to like a 5 on an NFL scale. That's why you're a typical receiver. You know, it's not like, 
Like I watched DeAndre Hopkins. He's just getting blasted. He just hops back up. Like people grabbing him. He's just. Uh, yeah. It's like, gee, this guy's a war daddy. I, listen, I don't know. Like his stats today were like, at one point in time, he had seven catches for thirty yards. And I'm like, this guy's just giving. But they were just so hotly contested. He's making double catches with like guys draped all over him. I love that guy. Like if that's what ideally toughness you want of a wide receiver, Amari's not in that world. And you realize like there's a reason DeAndre Hopkins is going to the Hall of Fame because he clearly works hard. He likes it, but he's also like he just you got to drag him off the field. Like Amari will just leave the field. Like yeah, like I got an injury. Sometimes it's bad and sometimes it's not. And we noticed that probably by like year two with the Raiders. He was like, I don't think Amari's feeling it today. <laughs> Which wouldn't you say is just a lot of players are kind of like that in the end. Like that's not un- yeah, it's a receiver thing. I'd li- if you're going to be that receiver, I'd like you to be a number one receiver. But yeah, like the example would be like Odell. Like he has those moments, but he can make just whoa. But he's also probably closer to Amari. I think sometimes he lets you down a little bit. Like Odell, are you really into this today? But then he'll do a play where you just makes a play on top of a guy. Odell's a better version of Amari. <laughs> yeah. Um, is uh, the Titans play next week or are they on a bye? Because they benched Marcus Mariota today. Uh, that's a good question. For, for Ryan Tannehill. I think that Marcus Mariota, someone tweeted me today and they said. Tannehill was 13 to 16 for 144. They play the Chargers next week. They play the Chargers next week. Okay. That are, so you think Mariota's back starting? Are Jameis and Mariota one of the worst one-two punches ever? And I'd be like, well, I'd have to think about it. But I remember some like Akili Smith, Jamarcus-type years of just guys that were just legitimate busts. These two humans are functional, right? Like they could be your starting quarterback. It's not like... Yeah, it's taken a long time for us to get to the conclusions that we, you know, like it's not like it's immediately like, oh, God, this was bad, right? Yeah, and they're, when you say they're kind of bad in different ways, like Jameis just throws an inordinate amount of picks, and it feels like Marcus just – you can watch Marcus, and you're like, is, what's even, what are we doing here? Like their offense was atrocious. Now, you have staked this claim, and it's so right. The Broncos were a good, bad team. And when, it, when the dust settles, are they going to end up with six, seven wins? You know? Like everyone's like, all oh, the – I, I see Raider fans do this all the time. Like you're not so you're not some lock to go into Denver and beat them, are they? <laughs> check check no. out the the history of going into Mile High for your franchise. Like, and this team is not. They were kind of being lumped like Redskins, Jets, Dolphins. Like they ain't that. Would it shock you if all of a sudden you look up and they're like four and six? Like they, their number could get closer to five hundred than you think. Yeah, I mean I have to look at their schedule, but they just they're just in a bunch of yeah, games. All, it all looks now. the same. They play games that feel now. This one was not that game though. This was like this was a shutout. They've been a lot better the last two weeks. B- shutout, but it was against I think many people would agree the worst offense in the league. Yeah, I'm just saying it was not the walk off one way or the other that it feels like they so, were. Playing. Okay, here's a, what do you think of this stretch for the Broncos? Chiefs at home, so they get Chiefs in Denver. It's kind of a big game for the Chiefs at the Colts. Another tough game. Browns, Vikings, Bills, Texans, Chiefs. It's going to be tough for the Broncos. I'd probably go 5-11 and 11 right now if I had to guess. But it's going to be like 5-11 and 11 where 13 of the games could have gone either way in the fourth quarter. Okay, but if you told me five wins with like their, that quarterback situation, I'm not saying it's good, but 
when it feels like they could have won, because you could easily talk yourself into, well, they could have won seven if they win five. Last week we talked about Dan Quinn, and you're like, well, even if they like him, you can't keep getting your ass kicked. You're like, well, if you keep getting on 55, you're eventually just going to get fired in the middle of the year, even if they like you. Well, that didn't happen today. They lost by one point, but they lost the Arizona Cardinals. Like, is this a fireable offense? Is it worse getting blown out I, by the Tampa Bay or losing to the Cardinals? Uh, like, are they destined for a top five or six pick this year? Probably blown out by Tampa Bay. I did see that they were that the story was that they're not going to move. They're not moving quickly on Dan Quinn. So they're just going to. By the way, because you let him lose, then fire yeah, him I at guess the end of the year. That's what it feels like. Because you mentioned Achilles Smith, nineteen ninety nine. John Tim Couch went one. Donovan McNabb went two. Achilles Smith went three. So not the same situation, but similar though. If you just but those guys were like Tim Couch and Achilles Smith were not Marcus Mariota and James. Not even close. It felt like Achilles Smith was an all time bust. People will always try to tell you like Tim Couch had the arm. They kind of talk about like David Carr. He got injured. I wasn't super locked in on the Tim Couch experience, so I can't really give you a, an opinion. He was like a four-year starter, basically. But he's a, he's considered a, I mean, a very, very solid bust, right? Well, he spent his career in Cleveland, but yeah. Well, but, but I'd say this. Yes. Will Mariota ever start again after this season? Besides maybe spot starting. Yeah, I mean. Is, like, is he a, start, like is he a starter me, for a team at the beginning of a season? Are, 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 uh, yeah, are either I, of the guys back on their team next year? I would, if either would be, I would say Jameis is more likely. I would agree. And do you think Teddy Bridgewater will ever open the season as a starter for somebody? Uh, like is Mark, would Marcus, is he going to go be the backup for the Saints next year when Bridgewater goes to play for? Well, beside last week, team? he's having a lot of like 200 yard game, one touchdown games. Now he did have a sweet touchdown today to Jared Cook, but he ain't throwing for three or four touchdowns a game. So I would say if we were, if I was a GM, you were my assistant and I said, like I did that. Bullshit. <laughs> if I said, we got three free agent quarterbacks. We got Jameis, we got Mariota, and we got Teddy. How would you rank them? Because you probably could argue fucking Teddy's the safest bet. Marcus, to me, would be last. I would take Jameis. Because at least Jameis, you watch Jameis play. When he's not throwing picks, he's doing normal quarterback stuff. Right? He's stepping up, throwing the ball. Marcus doesn't throw the ball, guy. Like, he doesn't even attempt. Marcus might just not be good. Great guy. Marcus might be a legitimate bust. When it's all said and done. I, yeah, may, I mean, I think we could probably also argue that situation is, it, like, for him, that situation feels like it's been weird for a few years. Like, do you think he's, like, the backup now, to Tom Brady next year or something? Yeah, I mean, I could see him in a spot where he looked, like, maybe you're right. Maybe he's never opening the season as a, as a team that a good team would want to be their starter. But, but I think teams, if, like, Seattle or something could ever pay him five or six million as their backup, like, he was, he would have a... He's in the league for ten years if he if he chooses. Yeah, to yeah. Um, Jameis, like there are going to be some teams that just hate Jameis, right? Well, can you bring him in to be your backup? Like, would Kyle like Jameis? I'd say no. Would Kyle McVay uh, sign Bortles this year? Would Kyle have signed Bortles? No. Part of that same agent as Jared Goff probably helped get the deal done. 
What do you think about uh, – by the way, I'll say this. You know, we always talk about Matt Stafford. We haven't really talked about the Lions much this year. One thing I appreciate about Matt Stafford's career is he just like – these Lions-Packers games have just been – I go into these games looking forward to them in large part because Matt Stafford is the Lions quarterback. That's our Monday night game. I'm, you know, I'm excited. I like, agree. Packers are going to be fun to watch. I'm excited to watch them. I Really, I probably – among the good teams in the league, I've probably watched the Lions the least. I don't know about you, but – um, I keep tabs on Stafford. He's always just been one of my favorite players. So I've I've watched a decent, yeah, I'm with watched you there. A decent amount of them. Okay. So you think they're good? Well, I think their offense really has been good now for a couple of years. They, he can really, like, their passing game, and now they got the Auburn running back, Kerryon Johnson. They're just good. Yeah, their offense is good. Now, I think tomorrow it's going to be pretty fascinating. Where's this game? Mm, I think it's in – uh, Detroit. Like that that would be a pretty big moment if they, But I'll tell you here in a if second. They cuz the Packers right now have one loss, right? So they're 5 and 1 or 4 and 1. Oh, it's it's uh it's, it's in Green, Green Bay. Bay. What's what's Detroit's yeah. record right now? 3 0 oh, and 1. Well, aren't they f- are they 4 3 1 and 1? Yeah, 3 1 and uh, 4 uh 2 1 and 1 actually. 2 1 and 1. Because they tomorrow would be three. You're right. Like how much more enjoyable when you say like Lions are on Monday Night Football than like the Falcons or the you know the Panthers or the Titans. Well, because doesn't it feel like the Lions don't ever play like a like if the Lions are there, it's like oh they're playing Minnesota or they're playing the they're playing the Bears or they're playing that the division strong. You feel good about getting those teams. Maybe it just feels a little bigger. Maybe it has a little bit of a collegiate. It's like oh I'm watching like Michigan Ohio State. That's what it kind of feels like to me in a weird way. Mm-hmm. It's got, it's, and I prefer when the games are not in Detroit. That's the last place I want the game to be. But just in terms of their stadium on TV, who the indoor thing? Do you remember the replacement refs? Was it, oh Seattle Green Bay? Remember what was the famous catch? Yeah. Was that Golden Tate in the back of the end zone? Yeah, it was a fifty-fifty catch. Yeah, yeah. I've really come around on like so many people still get really mad at the referees. I've just come, like, this is a business, and they're a television product. Like, they want the drama. Like, they love the drama. The league does. Like, the league doesn't, because someone today was like, that'll, I was watching the Eagle game, and something happened. They'll be like, that'll be a play that the Eagles will send into the league. And Roger will fucking put his feet up on his desk because he's eating his fucking bagel and check out the, the league's uh, revenue streams and be like, what do you? Yeah, let me fire a guy who I'll replace with another guy yeah, just like, t- Tell well, Doug, uh, we'll get it better next week. <laughs> Enjoy the week. Spend it all night there. I'm heading home tonight at 6. Head to the Knicks game. <laughs> you know, one thing I was watching. I some realize, of, uh, you ASU do realize Washington. why Belichick despises the league office because he realized how little they give a shit. Like, that's always been his deal. Like, how little they care about the, the things the coaches who spend their entire life. Like, how much that means when they send that clip off. How mad they are about that clip. Well, when there's a, when Roger gets his inbox and the one email says Bill Belichick and the other email says Sunday's ratings, you know which one he clicks on first? Yeah, Sunday's ratings. Uh, I was watching some of ASU Washington State and Ted Robinson was saying he was calling the game with Yogi Roth and he said that last week or two weeks ago he went to a game at like I don't remember what he said it was like Auburn or Ole Miss or he went to an SEC game as a fan. And he's like, it was a good reminder. Every time they went to review and the official would, like, go put the headset on, the whole stadium booed. He's like, it's just a good reminder, like, for all of us who just get to be in the booth or we get to sit in the media area, like, rev- like for fans, 
it sucks when you're in a stadium and the game is just stopped for reviews all the time. It just that, sucks. That guy is a story I did not expect to hear Blue Collar Ted. <laughs> I just, but I'm with him. Like, it's, like, you go to, you went to a couple games already this year. It's just, when you're sitting there, it's just, what's well, it, it gives you, and I say it all the time about the media elites, you lose touch with the people. And I, I never, listen, five years ago, John would have laughed at John going to sit in the stands. I would never have done it. I actually find it very healthy. And, you know, it just helps me feel. But also just when I went to the cow game, just the casual dude that's like, uh, you know, that owns like the plastic surgery thing in Concord who's screaming at Bo Baldwin. You know, it's just that that is what's going on. Like there was a classic uh, clip that went viral a couple weeks ago on Barstool of an Eagles fan screaming. And someone's like, that's the president of UPenn. Like you, you just the, – the things that you hear at these games – uh, it might, or like, I think that is the president of UPenn. I don't think it ever was verified, but I, I wanted to believe it because it, it might be true. And I think sometimes you realize you're talking about Pennsylvania, yeah, UPenn, the Ivy League yes. school, and the dude's in like <laughs> section 277 screaming, fuck you with his Wentz jersey on, and not even thinking twice about it, and doesn't regret it, and thinks the birds are getting screwed. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to issue an apology no, for it. Because it's, and you wouldn't have to issue apology anything SEC oriented. And I think sometimes we lose touch with that. It's why the thing that everyone keeps freaking out about, which I don't understand why no one understands, is when they there was a play, might have been an Eagle game. It was a it was a game this morning where it was a clear pick play. Hell, it might have been in the Niner game. I can't even, whatever the play was, clear pick play. I think it was the Eagle game. They challenge it, clear pick play, right? The, the it was offensive pass interference led to a touchdown, or might have been the vice versa, whatever it was, and they didn't overturn it. And people are like, if they're going to have reviewable PI, what is the point? And then I think on the next play, I think the rest felt bad, and they called like a fake PI to like because they, they didn't overturn it. But guys, have you not followed this? They have said they're, they're not – they didn't get reviewed for pick – they didn't change this for the pick plays. They didn't change it for the bang-bang plays. They changed it for the NFC Championship play. That's it. And they've it's become – I don't know where you stand on this guy. It's pretty well established, so I don't think it's worth getting worked up anymore. When you see your coach challenge, I saw one of like 538's guys. It, the coaches are 1 for 21 right now in overturning P.I. They're not going to do it on bang-bang plays. And I, I, I'm for it. I'm for it. Yeah, I want it to go away. John, I want it to go away. The review P.I.'s? Not because I think it's – just because the more replay, the worse, period. That's me, but that might be illogical. But that's just it's just not good for viewing. I think that you know how Belichick's thing was always it's hypocritical to make reviewing like pick and choose the plays, make it everything reviewable and just have the same rules. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. he'd be wrong on that for the pleasure of the viewing. Like if you could review polling and it it would be terrible. Yeah, well, you know, I've said this for years. The point and I get, I get where he's coming from. Is, like he just wants it to be right. I do too. I do too. But I think the hard thing is like and I I've always said this. The point of sports is not to get the right champion. It's just to play the year and have people enjoy watching it and to have a champion. That's the point of sports. Is it's The point of sports is enjoyment. It's pleasure. Competition and pleasure. You win some. You lose some. You deal with them. You teach life lessons. Fans come. They enjoy the games. It's part of your life. It's part of the human experience. You don't experience. enjoy it when you lose, though. No, but the losing is what makes the winning great. This is all part of life. This is all part of sports. And, like, it's not about, we, well, it's a, we got to find the best team and crown the best team. And it, 
it's 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 not about calling every holding and every pass interference and it's what what about when Tim Donahue throws your games? Yeah, that's you got to get rid of that because you need it to you need people to believe to, that it's to fair. No, that it's that yeah, what they're watching is what's happening. Yeah. That what's happening in front of your eyes is what's happening. That that's why if someone does get caught like on a you know point shaving scandal shit like that is a major problem. Like legitimately altering the thing. Now we may screw it up, but we're not it's, trying to alter it. Right. You know, because I, I, I do, there are a lot of people, McAfee's really on this, because I think Pat's realizing now he watches as a fan, he's coming at it like, and I've been like this most, I'm just kind of numb to it now. He constantly like tweets at Roger Cattell. He tweeted at him last week. He's like, Roger, he's at, at commissioner. We've met a couple times. We had good conversations. I mean this, I don't mean this personally or whatever, but you should fire Al River on. Like, the league deserves better. Because he's thinking the way that I've been taught, like, it's hard to watch when. You see a dude go down for a first down, and the referee just arbitrarily kind of placed the ball because he's human, and you don't really kind of know, and you just sometimes place it like three feet the wrong way. Well, now I'll say this. I do think that's one. There is, to me, spotting the ball in the right place shouldn't take any more time, right? Like, but what I don't know how we do it. a pile type deal. John, but there are so many plays that you sh- – because you got – Dude running from 50 yards away or 15 yards away or whatever, it's just hard to spot a ball. And you see it all the time. It's like some guy just puts his foot down and he throws the ball halfway across the field and some other guy puts his foot down. As someone who, like, I'm not just blindly defending all this stuff because that one's really stupid and it should be really easy. Like, can't we just put a chip in the ball? Every football has a chip in it and we know exactly where the ball is and you just put it on that spot. There is no reason for spotting the football to be as bad. You as realize it is. it's completely it's, arbitrary right now, kind of. I'm a, it's so well. It's all. It's like it's you know these guys are just run and the plays happen so fast. You're like I don't know. He looked like he fell right there. Like oh really? Well where was his where was the ball when well, his like, knee there, went down? There were a couple today on the Niners goal line stands where I was like, are we sure they stopped him? I couldn't tell. Uh, so you agree that, with that, the Niners that is one today? To it was really impossible to tell. <laughs> well, total, when the, but when there's a pile, I don't blame anybody for anything because you can't just you just can't see. But you're right; that would be the argument to put the chip in the ball. I'm sure it'd be expensive because what they got the money. But when you watch tennis and you know exactly where the ball was on a quick replay, I'm not against getting it right. I'm against spending. I, my thing is about diminishing yeah. returns. Taking four minutes to get it right is is not. I what agree. You should be doing. I, I could just if I was a diehard Rams fan, I don't know how many exist. There were a couple there where it's just like the Niners are putting up their hand like they stopped them. No one can see shit. The referee just comes, grabs the ball. He didn't see anything more than we saw. And he's like, I'm going to place it here. And it was like, they didn't get it. You're like, what the fuck? If I was a Rams, I'm like, how do you know that's where the ball is? And Richard Sherman's high-fiving everyone. And you're like, of course, they're happy. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I think they stopped them. I went to get a little snack at halftime. And they were, I flip on KMBR and they are replaying some of the highlights. And Greg's like, you know, he's freaking out on the fourth down. He's like, they, and it looks like they, I think they got it. But you don't, he didn't know because he, he's seeing what we're seeing. No one knows. Like they stop him. You kind of like fourth down, go line. We'll see where they place the ball. You're kind of in no man's land until the guy gets the ball. And he, he kind of can choose or not whether to place it right on the line. There would be a touchdown or three inches this way. That would be, I mean, it's just an altering move. Like the chip. There's a chance that if there was a chip and we could go tennis, that he was 10 inches over the goal line, right? You know, like a, a wide portion of the ball. But even he doesn't know because yeah. he's not even feeling it. You know, he's just – people are grabbing his dick and his legs and pinching him, and he just, he just wants to get out of the pile. 
So, someone did have a great uh, tweet today. Like, I've been hearing analysts say my entire life about the the mystery and how you would never want to know about the things happening at the bottom of the pile. Can we just talk about what actually happens at the bottom of the pile? Not that someone got some. Yeah, are people grabbing each other's <laughs> yeah. sacks? Is that are, what's happening? Are, are, are we squeezing? just pinching butts? Are we just you just are you just taught to immediately just pinch skin? It just makes people uncomfortable. Are you just like knuckling up and just hitting yeah. paints? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is there some unwritten rule that it's like it's like the thing in college basketball you never talk about getting paid on the table? Like in football, for everything we know even about CTE, there'd be like there's this unwritten rule. Do you never talk about what you're told to do at the bottom of the piles? And it's this special move with your hands that if you're in a position that you see their lower extremities, you do it. And the <laughs> you just is it tickling? Are they tickling each know. other? Oh, the back of my knee. Ah! Because if you do grab the sack and grab like that pain would be pretty extreme. The, the, yeah, it, it is crazy that possession changes after everyone. Every there's 12 people. They're all down, and possession changes three times. Uh, there was a tweet. During the Notre Dame SC game, Jake Olson, who was the the guy that was the the blind long snapper for USC yeah. for many years, there was a play where you can clearly see on TV the Notre Dame guy is a half yard shy of the first down, and he got the first down, and he tweeted, "Even I could see he was That's short." Good. <laughs> was that game? Uh, I was out at dinner. Was that game more of a blowout, and they came back, or was it closer the whole time? No, you know what it was? Is they kept coming back. Like it would so be Notre, a Notre Dame game was always in control, but USC wouldn't die. Yeah, USC was. It was always like God. If they can make something happen, and then they would. Yeah. So it wasn't like an. It Slovis wasn't an embarrassing made, effort or anything by far. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. So. I, I watched like some of the first half, and I thought like USC was. USC actually was up early in the game, and they made some plays. And Notre Dame was just better. I, I was. I like Clay Hilton. I'm rooting. You know, I know it's probably be done, but I. He's gone out, you know, as respectfully as you can. I think. How about the uh, How about the Texans beating the Chiefs? Well, I mean, at one point in time, we thought the Chiefs might like be an undefeated team. I, are they going to win like eleven games now? I did text someone the other day. They're like, they made a joke. You know, if we go nine and seven, we deserve to lose the division. I'm like, are you sure nine and seven won't win the division? Like, <laughs> what's the score of the Charger game right now? Yeah, to so nine. are they winning nine games? They're going to be two and four. You'd say no. Are the Raiders going to win nine games? Like, look at their schedule. It's not going to be easy. No. So I think nine and seven can win the division. Now, I don't think the Chiefs will go nine and seven. I mean, I, I was watching. I watched a good majority of that game. Watson was awesome today. And then I texted a buddy in the league, and I said something like, I just said, Watson's awesome. And he's I wouldn't say he's an anti-running quarterback guy, but he's more traditional. And he's like, well, maybe I need to change my thinking because in the last five or six years, we've scouted differently of basically every position in the league. And now one thing with quarterbacks are clear, like running quarterbacks play a big role in this whole thing, right? It's become a little more collegiate. Now you still need to be able to pass better in college, but like there are a ton of Lamar Jacksons in college, most of our life, right? A ton of quarterbacks that just like legitimately run the option. Like, they will just run option plays for, like, Sam Ellinger. You're watching Oklahoma, Texas, they'll just run them. I think you're watching more and more quarterbacks do that in the NFL than ever. Just scrambling guys. You know, like Lamar Jackson, yeah. Kyler's, even all the Deshaun Watson's, Mahomes, if Andy didn't tell him to slide, like, he would run around. Russell was running around a bunch today. Just It's become a much more pro running around league. Partly also because you're protected when you run around. If you give yourself right. up, they can't hit you. 
if you're smart about sliding, that's the one thing I'd say Lamar needs to work on. He's king of like, like he's like Ricky Henderson diving for the base. Like Lamar, you go head first in the air, they can elevate and hit you in the air too. That's where Deshaun is. He's fucking good, man. I, I he's really good. Because I saw Nick Ferdell, you know, covers like the Warriors now, but he's a long time, like cover the Bulls forever, ESPN, Chicago. He's just an ESPN guy. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the chubbier guy with the beard that covers the NBA, younger guy for ESPN. And he's like, I, I would love, he must be a Bears fan. He's from Chicago. He's like, I'd love to watch the Bear. I'd love to watch the Texans Mahomes game with Ryan Pace. Because if you're Ryan Pace and you took Mitch Trubisky over both those two guys, like that would be a tough one. It's a good call. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, w- Ryan what tweet. did we, uh, what did, I-, I get miss on one of these two guys? Let's pull up the reports here real quick. <laughs> yeah, can, can, what did you say Mitch did better than both of them? Because I, okay, Ryan, I'll even give you Mahomes. Because he, I, I think it's fair to say even for us sports fans, kind of came out of nowhere. But which which uh, which school was uh, yeah? Deshaun but this at? other guy, I'm pretty sure won a natty, and then his coach, who had become pretty famous at the time, made some pretty strong comments that we all were kind of talking about. It's like this guy was pretty well established. Called him fucking Michael Jordan of football, and if you wanted to defend him, you were going like, well, he did just beat Alabama, so like you could defend it, kind of right? Like yeah, he and he didn't just beat Bama, right? He had beaten Bama. He had lost to him the year before, but it was like he had thrown for 400 yards, and it was like, Jesus, this Sean Watson guy went toe-to-toe with Saban. Yeah. And then he came back, and he beat him. Like, he's pretty good. Because <laughs> if you think right now the Bears had Deshaun Watson, are, I mean, are they a legitimate Super Bowl fit, contender? Yeah. I mean, look at what he does with the Texans. Like, he's beating the Chiefs. Like, he's throwing five touchdowns. He's awesome. And they had, like, ten penalties on Sunday, too. Like, they did not play. They missed a field goal. They missed an extra Through the point. Texans? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a sloppy. They're, they're just going to be a sloppy eleven and five. But they're eleven and five. Would you really want to see them in like round one? No, but I don't know. Can they win like well, three you, games? Well, you could also counter. Like, do you really not want to see them in round one? You know, you just. I do think you would just kind of Deshaun would not be a comfortable week of preparation. No. And you'd say the one you'd rather prepare for Mitch at any moment. Like you can old. double te- Hopkins is one of those guys you can double team all game and he can still have a hundred and two touchdowns. Like that's why he's probably gonna go to the Hall of Fame because when you talk like everyone knew they're throwing it to Jerry Rice, right? Didn't everyone knows you're throwing it to Julio? Everyone knows you're throwing it to Kittle. Like the best players, it doesn't fucking matter. Like Tyreek Hill, dude's five five. He leaped over like three dudes. It was like twenty oh feet in God. the air. It's incredible. Do you think Tyreek Hill can dunk? When he does a backflip, he is so far in the oh air. Oh, my like, he God. So Did you see ground. that after that touchdown? That was insane. He does a backflip to get the spring for the second backflip when he when it looks like he flies higher than the goalpost guy. I've never – I've seen guys do a backflip before. I've never seen a tumble non-Olympics, a guy get that high in fucking football pads. That was nuts. That's crazy. That, That's trampoline. That level. might be the most – underappreciated thing that I don't even think that went viral today. And that was, might be the most impressive thing I saw on a football field all of the day. Football pads, weighing you down the helmet. It's not like he took off his pads. No. Who was the guy you sent me the picture of laying on his couch in the pads? Oh, it's uh, it's the dude, the, the jet signed who tore his ACL in the preseason, Avery Williams. He was like a big, I, oh, he okay. was, I think he's been on their team. And I think his tweet was like, just wanted to make sure they still fit. And he's just watching the game on his living room couch in his full padded outfit. <laughs> full pads. I was like, well, he's he's not like a retired guy. No, he's like twenty uniform. Yeah, he's. But how do you get the new uniform home? I didn't know you were allowed to take your helmet home with you. Maybe you just told the equipment guy, "Hey, man, I want to do a post. Let me borrow my Maybe. stuff." Maybe. I mean, you're just bored. You're thinking a lot. 
maybe he took that like it's from because the game was in New York. So like, is he there watching in a box with the injured guys, or do they just let him? He tore his ACL. It could be old. he was just saving it for the right. I moment. guess he could be at the stadium. Maybe yeah, he just had that picture from just this year when he's bored and was just saving it for the right time. I would do it every week if I was him. I'll Easier to post with a win, though. You like see your team's up like twenty to nine. You're like, I think I can fire this out, and no one's gonna get mad at me. <laughs> I thought pretty good, pretty good overall day though, guy. Think Nick. Yeah, yeah. It was good, good Saturday day. too. Good weekend of football. I thought it was a strong weekend of football. I thought so. The Florida LSU game lived up. SC game was good. You um, think Joe Burrow first round pick? Yeah, you tell he's, me. He I looks, pretty, looks pretty good. good to me. <laughs> uh, Michigan won. Be you know Chris Ballard here, but I. South Carolina game was awesome. Georgia. I, I just got a bigger take on LSU. Like first round, when you use the word first round, could you use it like fifteen of their guys? Like, do they not have a first rounder? Where? Well, that's that's why I, I I was like, look, these I'm watching adults. Like when the Florida receiver. Did he catch a touchdown? We got he got tackled and the, yeah he caught it and the set guy comes in and just hits him like square between the numbers and just like folds him in half like a card table. It's like oh my god, it looks so painful. Like LSU has adults like playing on its football team again. These teams are bad. So if like UCLA went to LSU at night, would they get past the fifty yard line? If if LSU wanted like to me one of the most eye opening. You remember when Hawaii went to the Sugar oh Bowl? Oh my god. It was the right tackle could not touch their end. It looked like D Ford versus that was Haberman. that was Georgia though, right? That it, it wasn't was LSU. Georgia, they yeah, but it looked like D Ford versus Haberman, and the dude he could they could only pass right. Hawaii threw it a hundred times a game, and the fucking offensive lineman couldn't touch the defensive lineman. Like I just remember they had the ball for whatever reason at like the two yard line going out. <laughs> so I just remember Colt Brennan in the end zone just with nowhere to go. And I thought Hawaii was pretty good. They were. They got they were good. Walked. That's one of the all-time. Yeah, this is why we don't let the non-Big Five into these games. That that kind of justified it for a while. Remember, they're like, just give us our shot, goddammit. it, just give us our shot. Yeah. After that, it was like, oh, Boise, you're no, it was Utah. Who was it? It was TCU. Who well, played they, the they Fiesta? Right? Them together. So yeah, they, they, yeah, that was was it Utah it was Boise, or TCU? Was it and Boise, they, I think they TCU, did it like back to back years. They just kept facing them together, yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, guys, uh, even though you guys are probably both better than Hawaii, we're just the SEC says please don't make us do that again. We get nothing the, out yeah, of it." The, yeah, yeah, AB ESPN called and was like, uh, <laughs> "Now the we don't we don't know how to sell this." One. I do think Boise and TCU would say like, "Listen, we're not Hawaii," and they would have been right, right? You could, like, they wouldn't look like that against Georgia. They might have lost, but, like, boy, if you if I told you Boise was playing LSU at LSU, what would you think the point spread would be? Like, 18, 15, or would it be? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I was going to say 17, 17 and Don't you think they could probably hang for a half, maybe, like? Which is respectable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Probably be hard I, for them to win, though. I just think this LSU team, I, I've kind of come to grips could they beat Alabama? I'm not saying they will. Games at Alabama. Yeah, they could. They yeah, do they have could. the talent. Now, Bama, you see those wide receivers the guy has? They got fucking like yeah. seven Amari Coopers. <laughs> Again, we know nothing about. They may be Hall of Famers. They may be bust. But in the college level, they are 
they're operating at just warp speed. It's just stupid. It's like Tula's like, oh, you get a ball, you get a ball. Okay, you get a ball. Oh, another ball for you. And it's not just little wide receiver screens. He's just throwing bombs to these guys going 90 miles an hour. They look sweet. They do. That game, I know this. I ain't, I'm just sitting somewhere by myself and just taking that bad boy in. When is it? It's got to be in like November 1st or something. That's That's got all the feels of something special. <laughs> that's, I would imagine ratings for Feinbaum show that week will be pretty, pretty high. Because this is clearly the best. You think there'll be a lot of people at the uh, local uh, uh, Daxby's or whatever the name of that place is for the Nick Saban show? <laughs> Zaxby's. Well, did you see Lincoln Riley does it at like Haberman's Barbecue or something? It's just uh, this little barbecue <laughs> joint with like 50 Oklahoma fans. The Alabama game is 11-9 with T- TBD okay. next to it. Like, yeah, guys, we know it'll so, be at 5 o'clock on CBS. So that's so that that'll be that's the Saturday of the Niners Seahawks Monday night game. That's a pretty good football weekend. All right. On that note, you want to get tickets for the Monday night game? And I'll go with you. Promo code ham. Go down. We might have to. Maybe make a little Haberman and Middlecoff investment. I'll tell you what, though, right. if they keep playing like this to get a little lower. It's going to be really expensive. I would guess for a good seat, fifty yard line. We're talking. Me and you wanted to go to a game of grand. That's where it looks like it's, it feels like it's headed. That would be my guess for anything like. Not a problem. Yeah, it's that's yeah. about right. That's fine. But you you do standing room only. <laughs> okay, promo code ham. I don't know about that. See you later. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus ninety percent lean ground sirloin for four ninety nine each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on twelve packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.